That's how it starts. The fever, the rage that turns good men cruel. This bat vigilante is like a one-man reign of terror. You don't get to decide what the right thing is. Nobody cares about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. This means something. It's all some people have. It's all that gives them hope. People hate what they don't understand. Be their hero, Clark. Be anything they need you to be. Or be none of it. You don't owe this world a thing. You never did. 20 years in Gotham, how many good guys are left? How many stayed that way? The devils don't come from hell beneath us. They come from the sky. He has the power to wipe out the entire human race. This is Timmy Time in the Batman Revolution Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Oh, did I get any time, Tim? did. <laughs> okay, but good. The episode number, you missed it. Oh, dang it. The episode <laughs> number 89, we're almost at 90. No, that's hard to believe. <laughs> I know. It's like, did we really start at 1 or did yeah. we start at 70 or something? <laughs> I know, really. Definitely feels like that. Man. But It's a long time, man. Yeah, we started, I think it was April 2012 was when our first episode went up. And when you think back, you're like, yeah, it's three year, over three years ago now. So Yeah, what, like three years and two months? Yeah. So, and We're going to be at 100 before you know it. <laughs> I know. What a monumental waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the theme of what, our 100th episode. <laughs> I mean, have we entertained anybody or well, is it just us? Well, thankfully we have Alex. Oh Mike, yeah, Alex. Yeah. Corbett and Mark to at least they're telling us we entertain them. So hopefully they mean it, which I think they do. <laughs> they yeah. want to keep sending us emails just to try to make us feel good about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, because so, I mean, like like Alex has been sending us e- emails for like at least two years. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah so, the first year it was like we're try to encourage more feedback than Alex was our first one and continues to be uh, the one who always sends us emails every week yeah, for the most part. <laughs> he's Mr. Reliable. Yep, that's for sure. He's kind of like uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to have the longest email streak. Yeah, longest email streak. So I think like what was the re- what was uh, Cal Ripken's re- record? You know 2000 something? Yeah, so I think it was like 2048 or something. Uh, yeah, see, I'm, it's over 2000. I know that, but yeah, yeah. So 
once Alex gets to like let's say 2050. Yeah. <laughs> emails. <laughs> then we'll, or maybe we should go by like uh, words. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make it go easier and faster. Yeah, because he writes uh, lengthy emails. So. And I, <laughs> hopefully we'll last uh, over 2,000 episodes, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I wonder if there's any podcast with uh, 2,000 episodes. I know. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe a podcast that's been doing it for 10 years and maybe do it twice yeah. a week or something. I don't know. <laughs> Or or maybe one of those um I don't know if this counts. It doesn't really count, but um you know those radio shows like the NPR shows that uh uh release a podcast of their shows? Yeah. Maybe like th- those? Yeah, those don't count though. I, I don't count those. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, kinda cheating because yeah. you have like a ten year head start on everyone. You're doing it every day as part of your job, so like that. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Those do not count. Jeez. So Tim, I'm 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 intrigued about this uh, this dinner not agreeing with you <laughs> story that you began to tell me. Uh, there's nothing really interesting that or fun that <laughs> needs to be told. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say I probably didn't have the right combination of lunch and dinner. Uh oh. Lunch I just had like a roast beef sandwich with some Cheetos and a Pepsi. Yeah, that sounds good. healthy. Yeah, real healthy. <laughs> Especially so, the Cheetos and the Pepsi. Like four hours later, I wanted to eat before the podcast. So I wasn't like really hungry, but I wanted to eat before we did the podcast. So what I was I could eat. So I had I just looked in my fridge for something and it was just some frozen burritos that Uh-oh. were there. I was like, okay, that'll be fine. So that's two I had two frozen burritos and another Pepsi and I guess not waiting too long after I ate lunch and with the Cheetos and everything is like, yeah. Better gotta use the register <laughs> before I go before we record. Okay. Oh wait, uh, gotta go again. It's like <laughs> a few minutes before we start recording. Like, okay, we get everything set up. My Dark Knight Rises video, my web browser. Like, oh come on, not not now. <laughs> like, oh, I got a few minutes. Okay, I come back. It's like after the time we usually start, you let me know that yeah you're running a little late. So yeah, like, okay, I got some time. Like, oh come on, like not now. Dave's gonna be texting me any minute saying he's ready. Like, ah, back to the bat. <laughs> Uh, but that was the last time. We were, it worked Jeez. out where you didn't text me going, Tim, where are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim, did you die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I'll be combining Cheetos, a sandwich, and two frozen burritos in a short gap of time with each other from now on. <laughs> How old were those uh, burritos? I got them just a few days ago. but Just oh. like the ones you throw like pre-frozen, pre-made. You just put them in the microwave. What, uh, what uh, supermarket did you go to? Like, Albertsons, I think they have them. Uh, the best part is, yeah, I don't. They're called Posada burritos. So, as a Yankee fan, that's like the burritos I have to get. <laughs> but what was the name of the store? Albertsons. Albertsons. Yeah. Is that like a mom and pop kind of thing? No, or is, it, is it a chain? It's a chain. I'm sure it probably goes under a different name, maybe in other states. Cause I know sometimes like grocery stores and fast food places are like that, where they have different names, but they're kind of part of the same company. Yeah, I go to Safeway, and I think there's Safeway in California, right? No, I never heard of them. Really? Mm-mm. Like oh. we have Ralph's, Albertsons, Bonds. Those are like the three big ones. Albertsons, Bonds, and what was that? Ralph's. Ralph's. Yeah. Oh. Is it? Is it crowded when you go? Yeah, it depends on the time you go, but you know, they're yeah. pretty big supermarkets, so yeah, there's always people there. 
yeah, because I I don't like going to supermarkets um, during the afternoon time or the daytime mm-hmm. because they're always like super crowded. Sure, yeah. So then you go at like eleven thirty at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all you That's gotta do is dark. worry about <laughs> yeah. All you gotta do is worry about like bums and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's the same thing with Walmart. Like if if you go when they start. Uh, moving all those pallets to restock the shelves. Which is there's like a, hardly anybody there. Like at night, like midnight or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some Walmart, aren't some Walmart's open 24 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have one. So uh, you might score some like rare toys or something, like late <laughs> at night. <laughs> you nerd, Tim. That's, yeah, you that's how about. I think. <laughs> Even though my collecting days are pretty much long gone, but. I still remember those times hunting for Star Wars toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I just don't have like. It's one thing I got a girlfriend, and that's that's a really hard to swing. You know, <laughs> Spending your money on toys, so. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but like you know, uh, finding shelf space and stuff. That's so. the big thing for me. Is like, first of all, it would probably be money, yeah, <laughs> but the shelf space. I got the, all the statues I want right now, and just to get a big collection, it would. I don't have enough room, and I don't want to keep them in boxes like i me and my brothers did that before like during the special edition era of the star wars toy it's like nah, they're not going to be worth that much anyway if i'm going to get a toy i want to display it and show it off and enjoy it and there's yeah not that much room for it now yeah i know what you mean because like i remember i had a, a batman returns uh figure it was like a one of those bigger ones and I was like, man, I'm going to keep this in the box. You know, I'm never going to open this. I'm going to be an old man and I'm still going to have it. <laughs> and sure enough, like, like, I'd say like three months after I said that, it fell on the ground and I accidentally stepped on the box and uh. it opened. <laughs> <laughs> the figure was still okay, wasn't it? Yeah, the figure was okay. Yeah. But, you know, I was going to keep that in the box. So I was, after that, I was just like, you know what? These things were meant to be out of the box. I mean... These aren't going to be worth any money in the future, so I mean, just yeah. take them out of the box. If we can learn anything from Toy Story too. It's to be to play and enjoy your toys, and you don't want it to become like that old grumpy prospector toy who spent his whole life in that box, and you become that, evil. Well, I mean, it was yeah, it was pretty much the same story as Toy Story three too. What's it? Yeah, there was no one kept in a box though in Toy Story three, wasn't there? It was just yeah, but there. It, it, yeah, but it was the same kind of thing where the, where uh, what's his name like Fuzzy Bear? Or something? Yeah, I only seen Toy Story three once. So yeah, yeah, the the, the purple bear, like he uh, felt abandoned because he got left at the park by the by the girl. Was that, that, that Jesse though? No, no, that wasn't Jesse. That was a, no, that was the girl. Yeah, but she got left. Oh, man, I gotta watch those again, <laughs> especially I, the third one. I mean, well, I mean, they're such great movies. It's yeah. not that hard, but. Yeah, his owner, uh, this girl, she left him at a park, and then he found his way home. She's a, it's a heartbreaking story. <laughs> it's like it's like a dog or something. Um, left him at a park, and then he found his. He walked home, and then he found that she had already replaced him with another bear. Mm, okay. So it was like, uh, and he got all salty about that. Okay, I got you. Yeah, like I yeah. said, I, I got to see that again. <laughs> I, I remember liking it a lot, but just for, for whatever reason, I've only seen it once when it first hit Blu-ray back in 2010, so it's been a while. Well, it's a downer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Even the second one is a downer. 
Yeah, for the most part, they all have happy endings. But the third one more so because Andy gives up the toys at the end. Oh, yeah, to the girl. Yeah. I was yeah, yeah. curious to see how they're going to do a fourth one. Like, what's the story of that going to be? Uh, the girl plays with them. <laughs> it just can't be a repeat, though. They gotta... Yeah, and it can't be a, like really, really dark like the first one where Woody tries to kill Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mur- just straight up murder him. <laughs> In Sid's house of horror toys. <laughs> oh, it's like Frankenstein toys. Ugh. I think I saw that movie like five times in the theater oh yeah me too and i bought the vhs yep i <laughs> still got it too i've got all the toy dolls from burger king like in their promotions that they were doing yeah the, yeah yeah. I, I remember i had the woody and the stinky dog yeah they were good too it wasn't like these cheap toys you usually get with those kind of happy meals yeah, right. like good like actual dolls that look really good yeah so I if good toys, <laughs> good toys, but downer stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like almost every Pixar movie. If you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, mean, I like the Pixar movies I've seen, but I haven't seen everyone. Even like the really acclaimed ones, I still haven't seen. Which, Did you see Wally? Haven't seen Wally. A lot of the oh, new yeah. ones I haven't seen. That's a downer. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> Same thing with Up. Hear, yeah, I was just gonna mention yeah. Up. I hear is a real. I sure it starts really on a down note. Yeah, no, and, and it kind of. I mean, I'm not gonna say it ruined the movie, but it was just like, oh man, like. Did it kind of put you in a the mood for, for what's no, going to happen? No, to have to have some fun. It's like, you know, yeah, you know, because his wife dies. Like yeah. they try to save up money, but these these things keep on happening, and then she gets. Oh, first off, she can't have kids. Oh she's, man, she's all sad about <laughs> that. And she's all sad about that because there's a small little montage scene where she uh, goes to the doctor, and. uh bad news it's either that or she miscarried or something and then you know all these things start happening and you know they try to save money but they can't avoid it and then she dies at the end of the montage jeez does the old man <laughs> die at the end too just uh no no, no i mean because she her big dream spoiler alert, spoiler alert for uh up by the way if you haven't seen it uh, her big dream is she wants to live on this peak, this mountain peak in South America, so she could be an explorer like that. I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that was played by Christopher Lee. Uh, she, that, that that was her dream to have a house there. So at the end, hence why the movie's called Up. Uh, the balloons like all like fly the house onto that peak, and you find okay. out that the house is on the peak and blah blah. blah. But she's still dead. She's not going to see this. <laughs> and, like, you like, know, the, the old man lost his house. Where's he now? I guess it brings closure to him knowing that he fulfilled his wife's dream. And that, guess, gives him peace of mind, I would say. Yeah, I know, but she never got to see it. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> so, you're saying when I watch Wally and Up, I should have a box of tissues by me, right? <laughs> you should have a bottle of antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring that too. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to a happier movie. Is it really what? that much more yeah, happier? It, yeah. <laughs> I guess not. I guess uh, it kind of gets a happy ending at the end, but for a lot of it, it's a downer. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, especially when Bruce is in that prison. Yeah, and his scenes with Alfred after his first night out. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's do our Dark Knight Rising commentary, minute by minute commentary stuff thing. 
so, so just grab your VHS tape. I mean, Tim still has his Toy Story VHS tape. Probably still has Toy Story 2 on VHS. Right? I don't think that ever came out on VHS. No, that was DVD. It, maybe it did. I own that. I only got the DVD version, I remember. Uh, or just grab your projector or your beta tape or your HD DVD or... Laserdisc. Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on forgetting about Laserdisc. Um, I think that had more legs than HD DVD, though. Yeah, it did. For for just a little bit, though. Yeah, and, not by um, much. Yeah, yeah. It's because I remember seeing them, but I never bought one. Yeah, if Star Wars came out on Laserdisc, you know it had to have somewhat of an install base. Yeah, more yeah, than yeah. HD DVD did. <laughs> HD DVD did, anyway. Plus, the HD DVD is just too hard to say. Yeah, wow. As I just demonstrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're at the forty-first minute. We've done forty of these, Tim. <laughs> yeah, hey, we might actually be at oh, fifty minutes by our one hundredth episode. Well, I mean, we'll just be over fifty by the time we get to our one hundredth episode. But yeah, yeah, we'll be two two minutes over. It would have been a nice milestone to coincide the two, but oh well. Or maybe we should like hold it off for the next two or something. <laughs> just to get it to that even. Yeah, even hundred. With the with the um, fifty, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, we're on the forty-first minute. So just queue up your media because I know all of you stop what you're doing and do that when we do this, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less from our listeners. <laughs> yeah, especially you, Alex. We're talking to you. <laughs> no, no. Um, and uh, I'm gonna give the countdown. So Tim, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right, three, two, one, hit play. As we see Alex. I mean, not Alex. Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. I just got Alex on the, on the mind. Alex on the brain. Oh, now finally, can, we're getting someplace. Yeah, now you're going to get Bane on the brain. <laughs> yeah, Bane on the brain. Well, hopefully we're at the stock exchange, though. Hopefully we get to see like him coming in. I always found it funny that <laughs> they decided to have these two guys having a conversation while they're getting their shoes signed. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, they're the guy that gets knocked out. You don't see that in movies, or at least, especially comic book movies where people are getting their shoes signed, like in the old days. It's kind of crazy how Bane just whacks that woman. Yeah. The, the motorcycle. I wonder if they get good tips. How much does that guy just leave them? I, th- I think he looks at the tips. Oh, no, he doesn't. Then he just grabs his gun. <laughs> just goes straight for the gun. And no Bane. Oh, you're <laughs> kidding me. I think we'll definitely see him in the next episode, though. Oh, I guess so, because, I mean, this is when the action is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we just got cut off. we got to wait another two weeks, Tim. We're getting to a part of the movie where our next few commentaries are going to be nothing but action sequences. So <laughs> it should be a next uh, few good episodes coming up. Yeah, because this is the only other action scene so far besides the beginning, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, man, we got to get to that. We're almost there. <laughs> uh, but, Tim, why don't you tell people about our featured topic if they don't know what it is already? Yes, I mean, what else could it be <laughs> after <laughs> last week's Comic-Con? We, we're going to be talking about not just the Batman v Superman trailer, but this Suicide Squad trailer also. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> Two awesome new DC movie trailers in days from each other. I mean, it was probably the only thing cool is being at the Hall H panel and seeing both of them on the same day on that big screen. But this is the next best thing for all the other fans. So, 
yeah, I mean, let's just get right into it. Let's go with Batman v Superman first because technically that was the first one officially released. And or or you know what? Let, let's start with the Suicide Squad first. Okay. Yeah, and save the big one for for last. Okay, I'll be flexible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say this right off the bat because there's controversy of how and why the Suicide Squad trailer got released, and I kind of understand why. It almost felt like, if I could use some type of analogy, where you're like a kid who begs their parents for something, but they really don't want wanted to give it to you. You really shouldn't have it, but you keep on complaining and begging and begging. They're like, okay, here, fine, take it. You get it, yeah. but then you don't feel so good about having it now because of the way you got it. And that's kind of like the Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> Warner Brothers had no intention of releasing this. It was only for Comic-Con. And of course, someone leaked it. And then Warner Brothers felt oh, they don't want this to be the first thing of Suicide Squad that everyone's going to see on a crappy bootleg quality camera. So they put it out. And if you read the press releases about it, <laughs> they were not. Gee, they're, yeah, they were pretty mad. Yeah, so it's kind of like, cool, we got it, but eh kind of feel bad for the way we got it but yeah. anyway <laughs> that's the, the initial feeling when it happened but when i yeah, saw it yeah but in the same in the same vein warner brothers should have known what would have happened yeah, and what I mean, happened yeah everyone does it now i mean at the fox panel the deadpool trailer and the x-men apocalypse trailer got leaked too and they yeah. really didn't do anything about it they probably know yeah it's the name of the game so yeah, like I mean, it happens all the time at Comic Con. So why not just release it? Just release it like they did the Batman v Superman one. Yeah. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a specific thing for Comic Con or whatever, but not like, everybody goes to Comic Con. And I kind of get to you want to have something special only for the people who are there who waited in line, because you want that impact for like kind of reward the people who were there and waiting. So if it comes out a few days later, it kind of makes it almost. I'm sure. Some people argue that it's not pointless, but some people will. Where why did I wait in line for this if I could have just saw it at home for well, just a few days later? So I understand that aspect, and which I agree with. I think for the people who are there, there should be something special and unique that only they get to see. And Suicide Squad was that because that's still over a year away that the movie's yeah, gonna come out. Yeah, but even then, it's like, what about let's say Mike in um, Australia? Mm. He's not going to come all the way to San Diego to. To go to Comic Con, yeah. Or, or what about what about even Alex in Michigan? You know, he's not gonna go to San Diego. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those things where you can't please everybody with it. I guess so. But, and now know. I'm kind of wondering: Are they gonna hold back for future Comic Cons, or are they not gonna show like the first glimpses of Justice League and Wonder Woman next year when those movies come out in 2017? So are they gonna hold back because they know what's gonna be leaked and? But at the same time, they probably figured, but we want to get the crowd and everyone talking about it, so we got to show something. So yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah. Because if they if they don't show anything, then Marvel is just going to jump on that wagon that they left there. Yeah, and just go, just launch all their stuff. I know because DC and Warner Brothers had a great Comic Con this year. Yeah, like I said, Marvel wasn't there this year, and Warner Brothers and Star Wars dominated that whole event. Especially, I would say Warner Brothers a little bit more because they actually showed brand new footage for stuff and really got people excited for the movie universe so i mean they you know marvel's going to come back with a vengeance probably next year or if not next year somewhat soon for all their out, upcoming movies so yeah they're going to want to try to keep up and deliver the exciting stuff like marvel's going to do so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle future comic cons but anyway we got all the bad stuff out of the way i guess surrounding the suicide squad channel now let's get into what we saw so i guess i'll just go ahead with my first initial impressions on it 
I'm excited for the movie, and if anything, it just made me super excited about the DC movie universe because we saw Batman v Superman, and now we saw how the next movie is going to be connected with it. I just like the universe they're creating here, and just the, the tone of the trailer. A lot of people were wondering. I remember reading before is this going to be kind of more, like more. I don't want to say a comedy or more fun in tone, but given with this group of characters, and they're all characters like Harley Quinn, you know, is going to be a fun character and. Deadshot, while well, not funny, he knows to make some like uh, smart Alec wisecracks that can that could be funny too. So, wonder if it's going to be more of like maybe not as the darker tone as Batman v Superman, but I think it's the tone of it. At least in this trailer, is pretty serious. I don't want to say dark, but I think serious is a good tone. I mean, you got all these bad <laughs> bad guy characters there, and all different types like Harley, Deadshot, Killer Croc, and Captain Boomerang. So these different types of villains we're going to be seeing in here and. And yeah, let's just go with the character we've been wanting to see since this movie was announced. Killer Croc, right? <laughs> yeah. See, uh, you would think it'd be Joker, but I'm going to go with Harley Quinn first because she was initially, I believe, announced to be in the movie before we found out Joker was, if I remember yeah. correctly. But she's going to be, out of the two of them, the one who features more prominently in the movie, I would think. And she was definitely the main focus of the of this trailer. I mean, she looks great. I think Margot, Rob- Margot Robbie's going to knock it out of the park. She looks like Harley so far. She's not acting like the more crazy Harley that we've seen in other, like in the animated series and other stuff. But yeah. I think she kind of has a nice balance where maybe not as crazy yet, and maybe what they're just not showing yet, but still has that playfulness to her too. So, and the dangerous side because we saw her taking out some guards and in that one scene in her jail cell and. Yeah, I just can't wait to see more of her. Finally, a live-action Harley Quinn on screen is a lot of fans have been waiting for. And I think just in these mm-hmm. brief moments we saw in the trailer, it looks like they're going to deliver with a really good Harley Quinn and not only the Suicide Squad, but just in the DC movie universe. Yeah, and I mean, I've ever since, ever since this um, trailer came out, I wanted to ask you, I mean, considering you're, you're such a big uh, Bruce Timm fan, mm-hmm. you're a big Paul Dini fan, you you're a huge uh, Batman the Animated Series fan. Um, I was reading online, you know, in the comment sections. I can't stay away from them for some reason. Ah, damn! They're like they're a disease. <laughs> but a lot of them were saying that the Harley in the trailer isn't the Harley that they know. It's not Harley Quinn. It's not the Harley Quinn from the animated series. Yeah, but yeah. I think we're gonna get part of that in this version of Harley Quinn. Yeah. She's still going to have her connected with the Joker. She still looks like she's going to have that playful attitude and her obsession with the Joker, or even some of those behind-the-scene videos and shots we've seen. There's going to be differences, yeah, but and I definitely don't think she's going to be as like silly and playful as we saw in the animated series. I think they're going to strike a balance yeah. between the two. Yeah, and the, the main thing I think people were talking about was, um, of course, the voice. It's not, uh, what's her name? Well, there's Arlene, um, Arlene Sorkin, the first one, but yeah, now Arlene Tara Sorkin. Strong's pretty much oh, yeah, the same Harley well, now. Right? Yeah, it was. Um, she she doesn't sound like Harley. And secondly, that she's uh, over. I don't know, how to say it over uh, sexified. Uh, over sexualized. Uh, yeah, sexualized. Yeah, you, you, I mean, because there's that one shot where she's licking the pole, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, well, a lot of people were complaining about that. Yeah, well, I think that's where they're bringing in more of the new 52 Harley Quinn, where she was part of Suicide Squad in that era. Yeah. Because that's how she was there <laughs> a lot of times. 
where she would pull that type of stuff. So, like I said, they're going to be drawing from different versions of Harley animated series, you would think, because that's where she got her start. And then <laughs> definitely the New 52, because that's where she got her start in the Suicide Squad. So it only makes sense that they're going to be pulling characteristics of her in that comic book story into this movie. So I think that was to be expected going into it. So Yeah, and that's a good thing that they're pulling from all of these different sources and not just the animated series. Yeah. Because there's so many... I mean, yeah, there's so many interpretations of her, even though she's a relatively new character, considering, you know, most of Batman's characters are like 60 or 70 years old. I just think it's got to be cool for like Bruce Timm and Paul Dini to see a character they created that they had no idea would be this popular, being a major character in a big screen adaption movie. Yeah. So that's got to be a trip for them i would imagine <laughs> well i mean it's gonna be cool period just to see harley quinn yeah i mean i just you know? can't wait to see your interactions <laughs> with the joker it's gonna be so cool <laughs> but yeah i think deadshot looks awesome too i mean he wasn't in it a lot you heard will smith kind of give the name of the group <laughs> saying that we're some kind of suicide squad but that shot of him within his full getup with the mask where he's kind of zipping down on a building that looked really cool I just kind of wish we got a little more shots of him in his full costume, but he looks cool. And then Killer Croc, like you mentioned earlier, kind of jokingly, but it's, how awesome is it to see Killer Croc in a movie? I know. I mean, like the first time I saw that, I saw, I saw the trailer, I was like, man, that's really Killer Croc. Yeah. <laughs> that's really Killer Croc. I can't believe it. I just can't. I know, and he looks good, too. I mean, they're not... Yeah, yeah. You know it's practical makeup effects, too. There's Maybe there's a little CG stuff in there to touch mm-hmm. certain things up, but we've seen the set pictures. I mean, that's full-on practical makeup, and it looks good. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder, like, how much... How many fights has that Killer Croc had with Batman in this universe? <laughs> that's <laughs> what I love, just getting to kind of create your own history until they explain certain things and just all the encounters they've had with Batman. That's what's so cool that they're using these villains. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Batman, we get to see Batman in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool too. It was quick, but it was still awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's riding on uh, Joker's uh, sports car. Yeah. See, yeah, Harley was a little playful in that scene. She's like, oh, I hope you have insurance. And she just has like a yeah. big smile on her face the whole time, probably laughing at the whole situation. Yeah, or, or that one part where you see the, um, or you hear the Joker laugh. Mm-hmm. And then she's kind of, I, I can't remember what she says. She says something like, like, what did you say? Or something like that? Yeah, I think she says, like, what? Or, huh? Something yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit of it, right? Uh, exactly. And she's, like, blowing a bubble, bubble gum or something like that, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, which Harley was known to do a lot of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing a good job with her. And, yeah, there's a sequence, too. As you watch it the first time, you're like, man, what the heck's going on? But as you, maybe when you watch it, like, frame by frame, you piece it together. But those shots where there's a shootout going on with these criminals in these different costumes, like in a panda yeah, bear yeah. suit and a, an eyeball. <laughs> yeah, and there's the guy with the Batman yeah. mask. <laughs> that, I didn't see that the first time I watched the trailer. I think that's really cool, though. I mean, yeah. if you watch it a few times and you start putting it together, you start to realize that it looks like those are Joker's men or his gang. And I just like the idea that that is the case and it looks like it is that Joker decides to give one of them a cartoon Batman mask. <laughs> right, right. And it's in the style of like the original Bob Kane Bill Finger design too, which is even cooler. <laughs> yeah. I would kind of think too, I think it would be awesome. I don't think it is because their outfits don't look the same. If that was actually Joker wearing that mask 
and he's shooting up somewhere <laughs> wearing that and then later takes it off. But yeah, that whole, you know, you start to realize that Joker and those men are, it looks like they're in Arkham, like breaking in there. And let's just get to <laughs> the awesome ending of the trailer where we see Jared Leto's Joker. I mean, I don't know, Dave. I want to hear from you first. What was your reaction when you finally heard and saw him for the first time? Uh, he sounds like Heath Ledger, yeah. which isn't a bad. It's not a bad thing. I'm not bashing him. <laughs> like you copied Heath Ledger, how dare you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I mean, for one thing, you just you just hear the voiceover, and you get a quick clip, and I don't think I don't think you see even see uh, Joker's face, right? For a little bit, but then at the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the very end. Him. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, the perfect, perfect line. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's hard not to hear comparisons to Heath Ledger, because like, I agree, it is there, but at the same time, when you see him, yeah. and just how he looks, and even the way he's acting, too, it's enough to be different. He's pulling enough of it to be familiar, but still making it somewhat of his own, too. And now this one just looks, we said it when we got the first image reveal, it just looks insane and crazy <laughs> yeah and more so than Heath Ledger's more insane and crazy yeah yeah and the smile too I mean yeah. uh oh uh, yeah Jared Leto got it down so <laughs> yeah it just made me can't wait to see his performance more yeah and like you said that line he delivers like oh I'm not gonna kill you that's the part where he sounded really like Heath Ledger where he says yeah. that first line and he just goes I'm gonna hurt you really yeah. really bad and that smile and you see the grilled on his teeth yeah, the <laughs> it actually works it I mean, does I know, yeah. I know a lot of people were giving him crap about that but i was, was one of them about the teeth that was one of my yeah criticisms. yeah but i mean you have to admit it works with that smile it sure does yeah <laughs> <laughs> and when you watch the trailer too for the first time you're probably wondering oh like who does he who's he talking to there who was who he torturing but if you watch the trailer, you kind of realize that it looks like it's actually going to be Harley, because you and it makes you think it's going to be a flashback because it kind of looks like that might be your origin, because you yeah. see you're like on a table being strapped, look like he's going to give her some electroshock therapy to the brain. I I thought she was on a bike as uh as not Harley Quinn, her normal self. Yeah, as Harley she, Quinzel. Yeah, yeah, was. There have been shots since Wasn't I like there set a photos. Scene, yeah, 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 of her like with the doctor's jacket on. Mm, yeah, and the glasses. Mm -hmm. So it looks like we're gonna get quite a few, bit of her origin story. And yeah, I will say maybe a little concern I have was depending how they go the origin story. I just hope she is not crazy, all because if he does some like electroshock there, it's be to her messes with her mind. I kind of like it more with her original origin story where, you know, she just gets obsessed with the Joker by talking to him and he messes with her mind and just has her, pulls her strings and just like gets, gets to manipulate her and just misleads her and just fills her brain with lies. But at the same time, gets her to trust him and fall in love with him. I like it more the psychological aspect where Joker does it himself and doesn't rely on any like electroshock therapy or whatever he's doing to her to mess with her brain so we'll see how they go with that maybe he does that and that's just the final step to make her full-on crazy so i don't know we'll see but hope they stick more so to her traditional origin so so what if it's like a scott snyder kind of thing with uh mr freeze mm. are, you gonna, are you not gonna like it uh, don't scare me like that <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope it'll be the best of both worlds. Because I remember the New 52, her origin was different, and it wasn't necessarily the best. So yeah. they draw from that. Uh, might be a critique I'll have of it, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh-oh, Tim. <laughs> you might not like the Suicide Squad. I just might not like that aspect of it. I'm not going to say it's going to kill the whole movie or anything. Yeah, is it going to ruin your childhood? Uh, <laughs> that's, I'll never watch a Batman Joker movie again. <laughs> that's another thing, too. That. Seeing that shot of Jared Leto, I just can't wait to see him interact with Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> like, I hope that scene of him on the car, they actually come face-to-face and just have some words with each other. Man, I can't wait to see them both interact. Come on, you know they are. You know they are. They better. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the Suicide Squad trailer gets two big thumbs up for me. I really liked it. Yep, same thing here. And I, I, I echo your sentiments, <laughs> too. Nice. Okay, but let's get to the big one. Okay. Batman v Superman. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Warcraft. <laughs> Warcraft movie. <laughs> Did they release that? I know they showed it uh, at Comic-Con. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I they were at Comic-Con. I heard it looked good from... I was talking to my comic book shop owner. Yeah, but do you have to be a fan of the games to really, or the game? Or he said he doesn't play the game and he thinks it looked really cool. So maybe Ooh. not. My local comic shop manager. Oh. I was talking to him about that earlier today, and he was saying it looked really good. But I don't necessarily play the game, but I, I like know of that world. But yeah, oh, so you gotta cool. kind of know the know what's going on before you get into the movie. I would think they'd want to try to pull in general audiences who aren't familiar with the game so i hope it would be accessible for people who don't play it yeah but yeah but who cares about world of warcraft right now (laughs) (laughs) oh man this trailer i've actually seen a lot of people saying they like the suicide squad trailer better than this one because it just feels something fresh and new to the genre of comic book movies and that's cool but yeah i i I mean i know i said that i i told you that but the main the main reason why i said that was because of harley Mm, hey which is totally understandable yeah. <laughs> like we're talking about seeing her in live action for the first time it's really cool mm-hmm. but man this batman v superman trailer uh, I, i'm sorry this one's gonna be hard to top from any other comic book movie i mean the only thing that's gonna maybe top this trailer is the next force awakens trailer <laughs> well to be honest they're both equally great i mean you just can't pick it's hard to pick one yeah but, so i'm just gonna put it in the aspect of comic book movie trailers i think this one's phenomenal and maybe the best i absolutely love this trailer it was fun just following the con on twitter just from looking at people's reaction and then saying how they're amazed by the trailer and then you're kind of hoping and waiting okay come on release it come on then you hear people i see tweets saying okay it's going to be coming online soon wait for it and then bam there it is yeah when i hit play i mean just when it started i mean i had chills pretty much throughout the whole trailer it was just it was just something special, a special feeling I had watching that trailer scene. It finally hit me where you're seeing Batman and Superman live action together for the first time, and it looks really? freaking awesome. Because I had the same feeling. I was like, my God, that's Batman and Superman yes. <laughs> it's in, the, in a movie. <laughs> I mean, because in the previous trailer, we saw, we saw them, but they were just looking at each other, Superman in the sky, Batman yeah. on the building in the rain, just having to stare down. But this one... We saw them in action, and <laughs> this looks so cool, and I can't wait for this. That yeah, fight, it's going to be so epic. <laughs> and, and it's good to see uh, Batman, you know, kind of keeping up with Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to get my favorite shot out of the way right now. I, it, 
might be yours too, but that one where Superman's flying towards him and those eye beams fl- uh, shoot out. Batman's on the building. If you pause it, he has that classic Dark Knight Return yeah. pose with the lightning in the background. Right, right. And then he just uses his grapple hook to swing away to another building. I mean, that moment was like, that's it. That's the Batman I've been waiting for to see in a movie forever. And I sent the tweet about this saying, as much as I love the Nolan movies, and I mean really love them, this is the Batman I've been waiting to see on screen. This, the Mainly from the action and uh, like fight aspect towards it because we've never really seen a batman do this and this is the batman we're familiar with in the comics from the animated series and now we're going to see him do this in a live action doing the stuff we're used to seeing batman do so it looks so cool and i can't wait and we're on the batman aspect front let's go to the bruce wayne part for a little bit i think ben affleck's gonna be great we've said this before how we think he's gonna be a, a good bruce wayne a good batman and gonna be good for the role and i think he sold it even more so in this trailer I mean, I would say probably my first chills moment in the trailer was in the very beginning where it looks to be confirmed where Bruce Wayne was there in Metropolis during the last fight in Man of Steel. Yeah, and I like how they're connecting the yes. two. I mean, Bruce was at that, you know, all that mayhem, mm-hmm. you know, so they're, they're kind of bridging the two. And so it's the perfect way to introduce uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And he's rescuing a little kid. Yeah, that was so cool. cool. That's Batman right there. How awesome was it, that shot? The building's coming down. You see the smoke coming towards you. Everyone's running away, but nope, Bruce is running straight towards you. Oh, right, right. right. Like, that's Batman right there. Yeah, so, so, I mean, just from this trailer, it looks like Zack Snyder nailed Batman. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, it sets up perfectly, too, for the reason why he's going to be going after Superman. And we kind of figured why is because he views him as a threat after what happened in Man of Steel, but... The fact that he was actually there, and you see, and he sees all, everything that happened—the destruction, the mayhem—firsthand, and that it was one of his buildings, a Wayne Enterprise building that got destroyed, and people obviously died in there who were part of the Wayne family. And that's going to be a good enough reason, I would think, for him to want to go after Superman and make sure he doesn't do this again. And just—I mean, Ben Affleck was awesome in that whole sequence. And this is from a trailer. I can't wait to see how it all plays out in the actual movie. But <laughs> just his facial expressions, as you see him like screaming as the building's coming down, and when he's like hugging that little girl, and he has that look, like looking at Superman, like "I'm gonna get you." Like, look what you've done. <laughs> like, you can yeah. tell he's like so angry. Just, he sold it so good. I mean, I think it's gonna be the perfect reason for him to go after and kind of set up the whole conflict between right. him and Superman. Yeah, and it's not only that that part it's it's also the fact or for me anyway it's also the fact that this is an older batman i mean mm-hmm. you, you see ben affleck in these trailers and he's graying on you know on the yeah. sides of his head and he's like this worn out has kind of has been kind of superhero and i don't know i just I, I just like that whole dynamic i mean they tried to do that in dark knight returns but it looks like i mean uh Sorry, Dark Knight Rises, but this one, it seems like, you know, he, he's still out there doing it. He doesn't really see a point to it, but he's still doing it anyway. And he's like that ex- he's like that experienced guy that's been down this path so many times that, you know, he's worn out by it. So I also like that aspect, too. And I also love the line, too, that goes into that, where it's one of the few times you actually hear Ben Affleck speak where he goes, We've been in Gotham 20 years. How many good guys are left now? Just right. adding to the experience he has and just 
even going back to that interview we did with Entertainment Weekly, where Batman's pretty much at the end of his rope as far as like believing in good and just kind of being such a cynic and everything, where like nothing can go good for him anymore at that point. But at that same time, as much as I love that aspect that they're playing with here, you have Alfred on the other end of it, kind of being the one to pull him back out. Like, no, there's still hope. And he even tells him, I love that part in the trailer where like, you're fighting Superman, but he's not your enemy. And he's trying to beat that into Bruce. And I think Alfred's going to play a key part in the movie that makes Bruce realize that Superman is not a threat and is eventually going to be an ally. So all this aspects that Snyder's doing with Batman and Bruce looks to be really cool. And I oh, can't wait to see more of it. And how can we not mention that the Robin suit hanging in there. <laughs> like, oh yep. man, how cool was that? And not even that it's just hanging there, but we know why it's there because obviously we're comic book fans. We know it's a reference to Joker and Jason Todd, but the fact that there's words spraying, spray painted on his suit, knowing that it's the Joker, I mean, little touches like that is enough to get, I think any Batman and DC fanboy super excited for it. I just love that stuff. It was so cool. Yeah, and also, how can we not talk about Wonder Woman on, oh. <laughs> the, on the big screen for the very first time? I know. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. I mean, it's like the perfect, the perfect little tidbit to get you really, really interested if you weren't if you weren't already. Totally. Yeah, I think Gal Gadot looks perfect as Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, and I I know a lot of people are giving her crap, mm-hmm. especially about her uh, costume, but. From what I've seen in this trailer, it looks fine. It looks perfect to me. Yeah, it looks like how, at least I would expect Wonder Woman to look in live action. I'm sure she could maybe be a little more bulked up if you wanted to look like a full-on Amazon, but I think she looks like her. The costume, I think, looks perfect. It has, the like we were talking about last time with those Entertainment Weekly pictures, the color tone of the costume looks good. Yeah. I mean, she has her sword and shield, and I can't wait to see her use that in action. She's using her gauntlets already to block a beam, which is really cool. And I just... The mystery of what's going to make them all join together and fight. I mean, maybe she's going to step in between Batman and Superman to stop their fight. But I kind of think it's going to be more uh, Batman and Superman realize they have to stop whatever happens. Because I'm sure, as we saw, Lex is going to play a part to unleash a big threat. I mean, he has Zod's body. We see that kryptonite he's holding in there. So he's going to be up to something that's going to make Bruce and Clark stop fighting and then have Wonder Woman join in to stop whatever the threat is. So, but yeah, she looks awesome. I mean, you said it perfectly where it was just enough of a tease to get the fans all excited and to see her in action. And I guess for all those who are concerned, put those concerns to rest. And I'm sure it didn't put those concerns to rest for some people. But I think <laughs> at least from some of the fans I've seen on Twitter and other podcasts I've listened to, everyone seems to be pretty happy with how Wonder Woman is going to be portrayed in this movie just based on this trailer. So yeah, she, so much packed into this trailer, man. <laughs> just It delivered on all fronts. Yeah, and put it this way. I mean, I hope they release another trailer so that we can see more of Wonder Woman instead of just, you know, two scenes. Yeah, I think because, they will. Yeah, I mean, they will. Like, I and think I know the Zack perfect... Snyder said in the fall. Didn't he? Uh, that's oh, what J.J. Abrams said. But I will say, I know the perfect movie for them to attach the next trailer to. The Force Awakens. It's going to be three months before that comes out. It's obviously, going to be the biggest movie of the of the winter. So I mean, they got to put it with it. Why would it? Yeah, be? yeah. But unfortunately, it's kind of a rival company. That doesn't matter. Sometimes, basically, yeah. it's whenever there's a big movie out, other studios attach their trailers to it. Yeah, I guess because 
Uh, it was uh, my girlfriend's uh, birthday mm-hmm. uh, on June thirtieth, and I had to go see that Minions movie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that movie theater was packed. To no, the, I'm sure it was. It made a lot of money. <laughs> it was packed to the roof with kids, with children. So they should uh, make a trailer, though. <laughs> no, they nah. didn't. They should have, though. I mean, that would have been awesome if I got to see the Batman v Superman <laughs> trailer. I'm going to be seeing Ant-Man tomorrow, and I'm really hoping they show this trailer. Because I don't know if you saw it. They just released the theatrical cut of this trailer, which is only about two minutes long now. Yeah, so yeah. Got a minute off, so it'd be so awesome if I get to see that. Because I'm having a bad streak with seeing cool trailers at actual movie theaters. I've yet to see any of the Force Awakens trailer. I didn't see the first Batman v Superman trailer with anything, so I'm hoping to see this one. <laughs> something but going back to the trailer that was at comic-con what'd you think of jesse eisenberg as lex luthor yeah he's kind of like a i mean i hate to say it and i'm not bashing him but he's kind of like a uh like a afternote okay like, <laughs> yeah he's like a, he's it's, i mean because you see batman and superman fighting and then you see wonder woman and there's kind of like a little bit of lex luthor in there <laughs> Yeah, that's what I love about. I do. I do find it interesting though, because it's like, okay, what is he doing with the kryptonite? Mm. How did he get the kryptonite? Um, How is Lex going to be helping the senator? Yeah, whoever she is, he looks to be manipulating her in some ways too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. To go against Superman. And is that going to be his rise to power? Yep. Yeah, so that was another thing I liked about the trailer. I just checked off another box of stuff we wanted to see from this movie, like Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor, more Batman, and Superman in their fight sequence. And another cool moment, too. It was a small thing, but because we got to give Superman some love, too. <laughs> I like the fact that Clark is kind of interested in investigating Batman because you see that sequence where he's talking to Perry White, saying like he's a one-man like wrecking crew, or I don't know if he said that exact word, but like something where he's a one-man threat. And Perry White's like, I don't want you like going into this. No one cares about Clark Kent versus the Batman. So I like that aspect that Clark is kind of wanting to investigate Batman too. Maybe it's because Batman makes the first move and attacks Superman. I don't know. But I would yeah. kind of like it if they're both at the same time wanting to go like investigate each other and look into each other's actions. I think that would be pretty cool. The, yeah, I mean, we totally forgot to talk about Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, like too how he was going like to a Senate hearing because we see that a lot in Superman stories and I think that's kind of a staple and you would want to do in your new Superman story that you're telling. There's just something about seeing Superman in the Senate room and uh, representing himself. I think that just speaks volumes to the character and some that we're so used to seeing him in. And <laughs> I'm curious funny. to see what he's going to say to defend himself. It should be interesting. No, it's funny because it's like I wonder if they can make a whole movie of. <laughs> <laughs> Superman going to the Senate chamber and like, <laughs> talking to con- uh, senators and congressmen. <laughs> I'm sure there will be people who would enjoy that. Yeah. Well, they made they made a Superman movie about um, saving the Earth or whatever, like um, recycling. <laughs> oh yeah, the you talking about Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I. Um, the the coolest part, the Superman part of that trailer, was uh, 
when he goes on top of the Batmobile and just rips off the doors like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's going to be the moment where they kind of come together like have a truce with each other and say, okay, we need to put our differences aside and work together. Because he opens... I actually think Batman gets attacked by someone else in his Batmobile and Superman's there to help him and to get him out. Because he comes out and Batman, he just sits, like, rises up. He doesn't attack or anything. And it's kind of like, I'm guessing he's reluctant to thank Superman for saving him <laughs> out of whatever happened. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I got from that sequence. And... Oh... I was going to mention something about Lex Luthor, yeah. but there's something else that came into mind that we have to talk about. What is that? Desert Batman. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was about to say Desert Batman, but before we get to that, um, what if that metal suit mm-hmm. isn't to fight Superman, it's to keep up with him? Yeah, well, Zack Snyder actually right. said it's not going to enhance Batman's right, strength right. at all. It's kind of a preservation suit where it is to kind of allow him to go toe-to-toe with batman it's more as a protective mechanism instead of an offensive thing so right right so he's not gonna have any added strength but yeah desert batman like <laughs> when i saw like man what is this <laughs> like yeah you know i mean i for, the the first time i saw that i was like was that batman because it happened so fast and it's yeah. like he, he's taking out guys in the desert like i didn't even hear about this me like, neither what that, is that <laughs> took me totally by surprise and he's going up against those Superman guards, we're going to call them, because they're the ones who were kneeling down to him in the first trailer and have the Superman yeah. armbands. Batman's going toe-to-toe with them and taking them out. I mean, there's people a little concerned because there's one shot where it looks like he snaps one of their necks. <laughs> so, uh-oh, we're going to have Batman be a killer too, but, like, uh, I don't know. We'll wait to see how... Maybe they're mindless drones or something. I don't know, but I just can't wait to see, first off, what's with these soldiers representing Superman and why Batman's... Well, you can kind of guess if Batman's going against Superman, and if he thinks these are his soldiers, he would want to go take them out, too, and put a stop to whatever they're doing, but... And is Lex involved some way? Are they actually working for him to give Superman a bad name? I don't know. It's just really interesting, but I like his outfit. It's something you would see out of the animated series or something, where Batman's in a disguise over his Batman costume. <laughs> There's something very comic booky about that that I think is really cool. Yeah, I wonder if he has the whole suit on underneath those khaki pants yeah it looks like it (laughs) yeah yeah because he has the chest piece on and of course the mask but um and goggles don't forget the goggles yeah they released that cool image like a few days after it (laughs) yeah the people were either wondering is that really batman or those like the followers of batman kind of like the dark knight returns or the sons of batman (laughs) but no it's ben affleck yeah it is and i have to say it works I mean, oh, totally, it, yeah. N- not only the, the costume, but the fact that it's in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I just can't wait to see the fight sequences with Batman. I mean, like I said, always that one shot where he's using his grapple gun to swing away, that's, that's the Batman I've been waiting for to see in action. And then just from the fighting standpoints, I really want to see his martial arts skills like shine in this. It looks like it's going to happen, but... We just got glimpses of it here, and I just can't wait to see more. It's going to be so good. Yeah, it it, it looks good. I mean, the, the, that one action scene where he's taking out those guys, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like a really quick scene, but it looks looks like Batman is really brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if the movie's going to be kind of cut between the two, because there are sequences in the trailer where we see Superman helping people. Is it going to go between Superman saving people, showing... Um, how he's helping out the world, well, even though a lot of people don't trust him. But then, as we're seeing that, we're seeing Batman kind of 
trying to hunt him down and going after this army that represents him or making his way to Metropolis, going up against people in his way. So it should be interesting how it's going to balance out. So, yeah, right. So I will say my one complaint about it. It's going to go back to Lex Luthor. Uh-oh. So, but Jesse Eisenberg, there's that line at the end where he goes, the red coats are coming. The red or the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. I was kind of hoping for a more like I don't want to see a jokey Lex again. <laughs> we saw that with Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey. And I want to this may sound dumb or people may not agree with it. But I just want a dead serious Lex Luthor like we got mainly from the animated series and Justice League, the animated series. I love that version of Luthor. And when I saw that, I just kind of got a, a glimpse of like old Gene Hackman stuff and what we saw from Kevin Spacey, like highlighting the more jokey side of Lex Luthor. And maybe this is the only time he'll say that, but when I heard that, I was like, uh, don't go that route with Lex again. I just wanted to be a dead serious character. <laughs> well, isn't he supposed to be like a tech billionaire? And like a I believe so, yeah. Tech nerd? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of fits with yeah, it's, what he's supposed to be. Yeah, I just don't want to hear him joking a lot. <laughs> I mean, he can be <laughs> conniving and like he's going to be doing that in the just from what we saw in the trailer and just – yeah, manipulating people to get what he wants and taunting Superman because of that shot where Superman's kneeling towards him and it's probably because he has kryptonite around him. Mm-hmm. But just don't be over the top with the jokes. <laughs> okay, so if Lex tells a knock-knock joke, <laughs> you're done, right? <laughs> I'm not done, but uh, it's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> so, but that was it. Just when I heard that line, I was like, eh, another jokey Lex. <laughs> that I could do without. But like I said, maybe that's the only time he'll be that way. We'll see. But And it makes you wonder, how is he going to lose his hair? <laughs> Cause, yeah, because he has like long locks. Yeah, hair. we didn't see him bald at all. And we know he is going to be bald because there's that shot of him. But yeah. Yeah, so this trailer, it blew me away. It's incredible. It's uh, I, I thought I couldn't wait for this movie before, but now it's like March needs to hurry up and get her now, like the day after December 18th. <laughs> Oh, in man. fact, today is supposed to be the day that the movie was supposed to come out. Really? It was July. Yeah. That's right. Oh, man. See, yeah, July 17th. <laughs> man, how awesome that would have been. <laughs> I know, right? We'd be doing a podcast talking about the movie right now. Instead, <laughs> we're doing a podcast about the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be incredible. I cannot wait. I mean, this has the potential to be my personal favorite comic book movie ever if it delivers on what yeah. it looks like it's going to have in this trailer it blew me away yeah i'm right there with you and you know e- even if you're a casual batman fan you should definitely definitely uh, watch this trailer because yeah. i mean there's just so much in it there's a lot in it and yeah i i agree with you it's awesome yeah i know it didn't turn everybody around but a lot of the people i know who didn't like the first one thought this one was awesome and <laughs> They just can't wait for the movie and feel a lot better about it. But you can't please everybody. There's still people who aren't too excited for it. But I think the majority, I mean, if you're a comic book fan, waiting for a Batman Superman movie, I, mean, I don't know what else you're looking for than what we're getting here. To me, it's just delivering on all fronts, hitting all the right beats. I just couldn't be more excited for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everything that it seems to be everything that the comic is. Exactly, yeah. Without actually being a comic book. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, there's got to be something you like in there. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. got to be one thing, one thing. Like, I don't see how anyone can not like that shot of Batman using his grapple gun to dodge those laser beams. I mean, 
how can you yeah. not like that as a comic book fan? <laughs> yeah, right. Or maybe I should say, no, Tim, that was terrible. Batman doesn't, Batman doesn't swing like that in the comics. <laughs> That's not realistic. That's not realistic, Tim. In a comic book movie, that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. See, I picture like the diehard Nolan fans aren't probably gonna like this too much. <laughs> I mean, the, the the Nolan movies are good. Let's not forget about them. But oh heck no, yeah. I mean, it's just gonna be great to have these two different versions of Batman out there. Right, right. I mean, I just don't see what people are complaining about. But I mean, I can't wait for the day when we got. Batman v Superman, and even another solo Batman movie, which, by the way, it's not officially announced, but a lot of talks how it looks like Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns are going to be writing the first solo Batman movie. I mean, how cool yeah. is that? <laughs> to have Jeff Johns be involved with the first superhero movie as a writing credit. I mean, for Green Lantern, he was only executive producer, and he was pretty yeah, So I was about to say, did he have anything to do with that Green Lantern movie? <laughs> not, a, not from a creative standpoint, unfortunately, because that would have helped. But So this should be his first. But well, your brother must be excited. Oh, well, he was hoping for more Green Lantern news at Comic Con, and all oh, they got. Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, that was all they got. It was cool. I'm glad they're doing that. But he was like, he was hoping yeah. for casting is what he was hoping for. Oh, he was hoping for Ryan Reynolds's. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds leaves Deadpool for another crack at Green Lantern. <laughs> so just give it up, Ryan. <laughs> but I was gonna say, I just can't wait for the day where. I'm able to look through my Blu-ray collection and go, okay, what version of Batman do I want to see? The more realistic version with Chris Nolan or the com- more comic book version that Zack Snyder gave us with Batman v Superman? And just whatever mo- mood I'm in, I'm able to pick one and put it on and just get a great Batman story. So it's going to be great. Also, you can't forget about the uh, 1940 serials. Oh, how can I forget that? <laughs> yeah, that those are classics in my book. <laughs> <laughs> they're better than the Nolan movies and Batman v Superman I shouldn't have jumped the gun and say Batman Superman that's potentially yeah. be the favorite comic book movie because those serials <laughs> have it all <laughs> but um yeah definitely watch those trailers but that wasn't the only thing in Comic Con because you know we, we got this um uh, Batman Eternal plus Robin War it was actually comic book news at a Comic Con yeah finally <laughs> not all about movies and TV shows. Which is what it's mostly becoming about, it looks like. <laughs> but yeah, these two, Batman and Robin Eternal and then Robin War, I'm going to say right now, I am not too excited about these. <laughs> I know I was talking to Mark on Twitter about it. He was like, he's, he's excited about it, which is cool. But I said, yeah, I'm not really into these right now. I was like, what? <laughs> but I'm just going to say right now, after putting all my money into Batman Eternal last year, I'm not ready to do that again. And it looks like Batman and Robin Eternal is only going to be six months, but so I I really don't have an interest in getting involved in another weekly Batman comic series that is probably going to be hit and miss from issue to issue like Batman Eternal was with a lot of filler. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be following Batman and Robin Eternal and probably just through the online buzz if there's any major revelations or status quo changes. But I don't think there will be because Batman Eternal really didn't have any of that. So... Not too excited, unfortunately, about this. And then with Robin War, I mean, we'll see how with reading our Robin, Son of Batman, and if it ties up with We Are Robin. Unfortunately, I didn't get We Are Robin. I haven't read the first issue, but um, people say it's pretty good, so we'll see how they all tie in together. But yeah, I don't know. 
these comic book news didn't really excite <laughs> me too much. But well, at least they're 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 using uh, Cassandra Kane. Yeah, Harper Rule. I wonder if Cassandra Kane. What's her role going to be? Is she going to be Black Bat again? Because I don't think she'll be Batgirl. I don't know. That didn't really work for <laughs> her as Black Bat. I remember that. Like, you know, she uh, she had to give up um, the Batgirl role because Bruce told her to. I was yeah. Like, no, it doesn't really work. I mean, the Steph Brown stuff was good, but. And I really loved her first Batgirl costume. I thought it was really. Yeah, cool. me too. The, that was one of the coolest things that. I guess re- rebooted looks. I guess you could say. Yeah. Of any character. I totally agree. I hope they can bring that back some way. But yeah. Yeah. So Batman, Robin, Eternal going to be written, or at least they're calling them showrunners now. Like this is a TV show. <laughs> but Scott Snyder and Jason Tinian, they're going to be back overseas. James Tinian, you mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, who wrote the Batman Universe article? Put Jason. This. <laughs> 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 So yeah, James Tinian, and then, but I guess the main series writers are going to be Tim Seeley from uh, Grayson, and then Genevieve Valentine, who's doing Catwoman. And mm. Midnighter writer Steve Orlando and Ed Brisson, and who else? Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and Tony S. Daniel. <laughs> oh yeah, and creative talent will be <laughs> just the artist, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, as long as he's not writing detective. Exactly, or writing any issues of this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but but yeah. Um, uh, sp- speaking of Black Bat and, and Cass Kane, um, you remember uh, Gates of Gotham? Mm-hmm. Do you remember who wrote that? It was uh, Kyle McCarthy. No, he did the art. It was uh, Kyle Higgins. No, no, he wrote it. Kyle Higgins wrote it in. Trevor Kyle McCarthy. Higgins didn't write it. Yeah, he did. He did? Yes, he did. Oh, because Kyle McCarthy, he, um, well, well, did you know he he helped write the new uh, Mad Max movie? Oh, really? Yeah. I just knew that's I, I didn't think it was him. I didn't think it was him, but I, I looked, I looked him up and yeah, it was him. Oh, well, well, that's a feather in his cap. Yeah, I know. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely Kyle Higgins with Scott, Scott Snyder on gets the writing credit there. But I think it was mainly Kyle Higgins' story, though. Yeah, Kyle. And it was and Trevor McCarthy, yeah, he did the art. You're not no, not, no, no, not, not Trevor McCarthy. Okay, so you're thinking of another McCarthy then. <laughs> Wait, was it Gates of Gotham? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, yeah. Scott Snyder Uh-oh. and Kyle Higgins with illustrations by Trevor McCarthy. Really? Yep. Um, I, I must have got the names mixed up or something. Yeah, they probably have the same last names or <laughs> but are different people. Yeah, because... I don't know, I could have swore, but... Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. So, not too excited about these ones, but... Oh boy, am I excited for the next one we're going to be talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brendan McCarthy. Okay, well, there you go. Two different people. <laughs> yeah, Brendan McCarthy. <laughs> but now that we got cleared up, this yeah. is the big story. I mean, how can it get bigger than Batman in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too. Oh, man. It's no secret what a big Ninja Turtles fan I am. So when I saw this, I was like, 
oh man, how cool and unexpected this announcement was. Because who would expect the Batman Ninja Turtles crossover <laughs> to happen? Oh man, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be also written by James Tinian. And just the two pieces of art that they released, I mean, it's getting me excited already to see Batman teaming up with the Turtles. And it might look a little funny when you look at it, but. I think it's going to work. And it's going to be one of those things where you can't get cut off with or get caught up with. Uh, it's, it's not going to fit with continuity or how is it going to work. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. Just have fun with it. That's what I'm going in. <laughs> just have a fun story with Batman interacting with the turtles. And I'm super, super excited for it. I think it comes out in November, I believe. And man, man, they're really pushing for um, a James Tinian for some reason. Huh? Yeah, it seems like to be the next big Batman writer that they're using, other than Scott. Yeah, but his writer. stuff wasn't even that good. Yeah, it's thing. It's hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, obviously from Batman Eternal, <laughs> some of this other <laughs> or, stuff. Or um, Talon. <laughs> See, I didn't read too much of the. I don't think I read any of it actually, but. Yeah, I think I read the first couple. <laughs> I mean, his backup stories were good in some of the like Court of Owls and. Uh, yeah. Death of the Family. I think he did some back. Did he do backups for Zero Year? Uh, I don't remember. I don't but think it, so. I, I I think he did some backups for uh, uh, the Joker stories. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So hopefully he can handle the turtles good too. So <laughs> I mean, the story is very basic. It's the turtles are fighting with Crane and the Shredder and the Foot Clan are enemies of Crane. So Crane transports them into another dimension and they get transported to Gotham City, where they'll not only interact with Batman, but they'll have to go against. Is the we see it describes them as the whole cast of Gotham's famous or infamous rogues. So I can't wait to see the turtles interact, hopefully with Joker and even Killer Croc. I mean, he's the sewer dweller in the Batman universe. So <laughs> have the turtles go up against him would be pretty fun, I would say. But the thing I'm really hoping for is Batman to fight the Shredder. I mean, if you read the IDW Turtles comics, you would know that Shredder or Shredder <laughs> Shredder is probably the best fighter in there and the best martial arts uh, character. Maybe Splinter, but Shredder's at the top. But to see him go against Batman, the DC Universe's greatest martial artist, I hope they have an epic fight sequence between the two of them. So, there's a lot I'm geeking out about this title, and yeah, I can't wait for it. <laughs> I don't know, it's like... Sorry, it's, it's kind of like buying a Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you like... can get more enjoyment out of this than the few good Wii games that came out. <laughs> but I know you're not a big Turtles fan, Dane, so I understand where you're no. coming from, but it's the but best I'm... of both worlds for me. I mean, all they need is to add Star Wars characters, and this would be the ultimate crossover ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's also going to be new uh, DC animated, animated movies, including The Killing Joke. Finally, they're going to do it. I know. You said the right word, finally. <laughs> I mean, it's what fans have been wanting for for a long time after we got Year One and The Dark yeah. Knight Returns. What's the next one on the list? Killing Joke. Yep, so they're finally going to do it. And, and I hope they they just do it like how they did Year One, where it was like a scene-for-scene scene mm-hmm. match to the comic book. Yeah, and I think they probably will, but I already read two. Because they're obviously going to have to add some stuff to it, because it'd make for a pretty short movie if they just do it how the comic yeah. is. So I read there's going to be kind of like a 10-minute prologue or like a history type thing, I guess, to lead up to Batman and Joker's confrontation. Maybe we'll get 
more like early interactions and like fights that they had early on in their careers or something. But they said there's going to be like a prologue to it. And I'm just going to state the obvious here. I mean, this is one where they have to get Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy back for these movies to do it. They have to. <laughs> I mean, you would. This is, like I said, the next most iconic Batman story that they're going to do after The Dark Knight Returns in year one. They didn't get Kevin Conroy for that and Mark Hamill for The Dark Knight Returns, which is fine. But this one is like the quintessential Joker story. And you got to get the quintessential Joker voice actor to do it. <laughs> and spoiler alert if you haven't played it yet, but we know he's back for Arkham Knight after he said he was done with the character. So we know that's not true anymore. And he said in the past how he would come back for the killing joke. Like that would be the story he would love to tell. So, and Bruce Tim is back as the executive producer on this one. So, you know how close they are. So come on, let's make it happen. <laughs> they so you don't like, so you don't like Troy Baker. No, he's awesome. Troy Baker's awesome. But come on, you gotta get Mark Hamill for this one. You just have to. Yeah, you do. And if you get Mark Hamill, you have to have Kevin Conroy because the chemistry that they have, it would be it wouldn't be the same if there was a. Mark Hamill Joker and no Kevin Conroy Batman or well they already had that with the Assault on Arkham movie where Kevin Conroy was Batman and Troy Baker was Joker but you, yeah. for this story you have to have both of them I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be stubborn about that I wonder but, how they're going to do it though because there's some pretty violent things that go yeah. on in that book so. will it be the first rated R one? yeah I mean especially all the barber stuff exactly I know I mean, interesting how they go, like you said. I mean, they shoot her. She's bleeding all over the place. They take off her clothes and take pictures of her. And that whole Commissioner Gordon scene where he's going around the uh, circus thing. Yep. He's naked. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. I'm hoping, too, when we're saying how maybe they have to add stuff, I hope they don't add anything to the ending. I hope it ends exactly like the comic Oh, was. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of mysterious. And just yep. Kind of kind of like a short ending where it's like wait what happened yeah just yeah, that sort of thing it just fades to black but and you hear the joker's laugh like you see yeah. in those pages or batman's laugh too i should say <laughs> yeah I, mean, I can't wait for it uh but yeah the, the, there's also going to be a another uh animated movie called batman bad blood which uh is going to feature batwoman for the first time yep uh, have you seen and, the first image uh, that they put out of her no, I haven't. Because it's actually going to be Batwoman and Batwing's going to be in it, which should be cool. Oh, and Batwing. So yeah. they're going. And, with, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say they're going with the Luke Fox Batwing. So while I did like the David version as a character better, it's going to be cool to see Luke's Batwing costume because that suit yeah. is awesome. <laughs> um, and they're going to do another movie called Justice League versus Titans, which I think is just going to be like a Justice League Teen Titans battle or crossover type thing. <laughs> Um. So yeah, that's that's it, right? Yep, I'm excited for next year's slate with Killing Joke, Bad Blood, and Justice League and T Titans. It should be a good one, <laughs> especially with Killing Joke. Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's ki- it's kind of hard for me to get excited about Batwoman that doesn't have J H Williams or <laughs> uh, you gotta see it. Hayden Blackman or as a diehard Batwoman fan, you at least gotta check it out to see how they do it. Yeah, I guess, but I don't <laughs> and if know. not, you'll be sure to hear uh, me tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> yeah, just just get J.H. Williams or Hayden Blackman or Greg Rucka. Man, okay. imagine if they had it in the art style of J.H. Williams. Jeez, <laughs> I'd buy that in a second. Yeah. <laughs>
that'd probably take forever to do, I would imagine, <laughs> just yeah. to get it right. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, like, like just imagine, not, not only J.H. Williams, but what if they did an Alex Ross-style animated movie? Yeah, that's what they said. They haven't done Kingdom Come yet. <laughs> like, yeah. It'd just be too much. So like, how do you emulate that? That's kind of like a, it's like a painting. Yeah, maybe CG, <laughs> the CG style or something. Maybe that. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like that Final Fantasy movie. Yeah, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or no, no, I'm not talking about the this Final Fantasy VII one. I'm talking about the. Oh, okay, yeah. Are, the Spirits Within. See, I don't even really remember that or consider that a Final Fantasy movie. That's why I immediately <laughs> thought of the Final Fantasy VII one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the final piece of news we have. To, uh, for this episode is uh, the Batman 89 uh, skin or Batmobile skin and Batman skin uh, has been announced for Arkham Knight. This was the skin or DLC pack I was hoping for <laughs> and it looks like they're delivering. Yeah. How cool does that look? <laughs> With that <laughs> Arkham Knight version of Batman in that cool suit and that Batmobile, the greatest Batmobile ever. <laughs> You're going to be able to drive that in Arkham Knight. Uh. I'm just waiting for my uh, pink Batmobile. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm just waiting for it. Well, you can drive around in that all you want, and I'll be driving around in this awesome 1989 Batmobile. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm still working on some side quests. I'm about 80% done. I still got a lot of Riddler trophies to get. And a part of me kind of wants to hold off right now and just wait for this to come out so I could just complete all those in the this Batmobile in this Batman suit skin because if I do it all I, I will have nothing left to do when these uh, skins come out I mean I will say too it makes you maybe want to play the whole game over again just to experience all the cutscenes and stuff with this version of the Batmobile or at least I hope the cutscenes will have it because it's all in the in-game engine and that usually means if you have like a different suit or using a different Batmobile should hopefully translate into those cutscenes. So, yeah, I just can't wait. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm going to do. If I should hold off, what I'm going to do now, wait for the skins, or when the skin comes out, just play the whole game over again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how it's going to look as uh, the tank. I know, yeah. Because <laughs> there's not really an image of it. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. Huh. Oh, and speaking of um, Arkham Knight, that last... Um, Riddler race thing that you had to do? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that one of the hardest things you had to do in your life? It, it was the one that took me the most tries, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say it was the hardest thing in gaming that I've done, but <laughs> I think more of the final puzzle which, with Catwoman was the one that took me a while, too. Which one was that one? After that final race, you go back to Catwoman. There's like, it's almost oh, like a board game. Oh, with the generators. Yeah, the generators, lights yeah. you have to take out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was irritating. I was like, first I was like, what the heck am I even supposed to do? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, and then like, you know, once you get that bomb thing or whatever that is uncovered, yeah, like I didn't know what to do, and I was just looking around, and then all of a sudden, Catwoman's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when you do it, like those spikes come at you. Yeah, it's like okay, where do I go? Oh, I got killed. Like man, I better not have to solve this puzzle again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, there's one more piece of news. Uh, apparently, Silver Saint Cloud is going to be in uh, Gotham. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw TV that show. earlier today. And like, do we really have to be bringing in different love interests for Bruce at this age? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure about yeah. the season of Gotham. I mean, they're going to do more with the Joker already. 
<laughs> you got Mr. Freeze. I think Hugo Strange and Calendar Man are going to be in it. Now Silver St. Cloud is a love interest for Bruce. I mean, the Catwoman stuff, I thought I didn't have too much of a problem with. but Because I think I read in the description, like, Silver St. Cloud is kind of being brought in as a potential love interest. And do we really need to see that at this age for him? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, he's a kid. Exactly. <laughs> he's not even a teenager yet. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, uh, I don't know about this next season of Gotham. It didn't. This first season didn't finish up strong. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of over Gotham, unless unless you tell me it's like the greatest show since the animated series. I don't think I'll be saying that. <laughs> I just accidentally clicked on my Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard the ding, but I actually yeah, hit yeah. the eject button. Now my disc came. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess we can move on to a conversation with with uh, Alex slash listener feedback. So uh, Alex sends in an email like he always does. He says, "Hey, Bat Bros, what is going on? I completely agree with your assessment of Markham Knight. That Joker stuff was absolutely awesome. I don't think I could say that this is Mark Hamill's best performance since he's always been amazing. But this was probably my favorite performance of his." The way you guys described the ending where you play as the Joker mirrored my enthusiasm for the section to a T. I did, I did the exact same thing as Tim and avoided killing the hostage. <laughs> nice. Whenever a game gives me morally uh, or morality decisions, I always try to shoot for, for the good or less evil option. Even when I play Metal Gear, I always play non-lethally. Yeah, especially that second one. Like it took me so long to figure out that dart gun was uh, <laughs> was uh, the way to go instead of the the um, handgun. Um, anyways, the gameplay is so awesome. Besides the Joker segments, my favorite part of the game was teaming up with Robin. I'm not a big fan of the New Fifty Two in- interpretation of Tim Drake, so it was nice. To see- it was nice to see a version that was more akin to the version that I'm more f- familiar with. I was so worried that they were going to make him the Arkham Knight after the way Bruce was treating him. But I'm so glad they didn't. Yeah, the only thing about this Tim Drake was I still didn't like his, what, two Crystal Donald for me? <laughs> with the shaved head. <laughs> Alright, so I watched the Batman v Superman trailer six times, and I liked it. Well, I guess that's pretty obvious since I watched it six times. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Dark Knight trilogy, but it's so cool to see a comic book Batman without any of the compromises. They have Batman dressed up in military clothes. Surely those complaining about DC not embracing the comics are now satisfied, right? Something like that was even silly in the comics, so I don't see how the most purest of purest comic book fans can't be happy right now. I don't know, but I'm stoked out of my mind. Wonder, Wonder Woman looks so awesome. I listened to Gal Gadot talk about her character at the San Diego Comic-Con panel, and she was so gracious. Um, I think she's going to do an awesome job. Then there's the Suicide Squad trailer, which looked so good. Comic book Killer Croc is coming to the big screen. See, even Alex likes uh, Killer Croc. Yes. <laughs> How can you not? I saw the promo pic, but it didn't become real to me that the DC universe was really coming to life until I watched the trailer. And of course, Alex always has questions. So his first question is, I didn't check out anything at San Diego Comic-Con other than those two trailers. So what were your favorite announcements at the convention? 
Well, you heard me talk about probably my other favorite announcement with the Ninja Turtles Batman crossover. That's pretty high up there for me. But And I'll go with another obvious thing. While they didn't have any major announcement, the Force Awakens panel was pretty cool to watch. I don't know if you saw it, Dane. But, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, that's right. You told me that you did. We were talking about Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was. It's like he doesn't even seem interested. Uh, I don't think he wasn't interested. He, just, he, he seemed nervous and worried about what he could and couldn't say. <laughs> I yeah, think he was right. more worried about that. But how awesome was it seeing the entire cast there with Hans, I mean, <laughs> Hans Solo, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, the three of them together again talking about a new Star Wars movie. That was beyond cool. <laughs> and hearing Harrison Ford talk about how appreciative it is he finally is of it, <laughs> kind of or realizing that he wouldn't have the career he had without Star Wars and how thankful for he is now and how he thinks The Force Awakens was just as good as you can get with coming back to it. Because he even made the point saying, it should be ridiculous coming back to this character in this world, but when I got on set, it was anything but ridiculous. It was great, is what he said. Yeah. So to hear him be so positive, positive about Star Wars again is so awesome. Because for so long, he just had this negative attitude towards it. <laughs> yeah, and it's great to hear him finally acknowledge that. And he looks great, yeah. especially after his accident. Yeah, totally. And um, I think so. the only thing, new thing they announced was that uh, Domino Gleason's character is going to be named General Hux. He's going to yeah. be... I, I want to say Imperial, but it's the First Order now. But he's going to be a general for the First Order. And I don't know if you saw it, Dane, but on the, there's not an official image out of this, but they showed it on the screen and people took photos of it. But you see an image of Kylo Ren, uh, General Hux, and Captain Phasma together. Yeah, oh, yeah. They just look so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie's going to have awesome-looking Star Wars characters. I mean, that Captain Phasma costume and Kylo Ren. And you and me were talking about this, too, last week. Like, which one's better? And we're both in the yeah. Captain Phasma camp, so... <laughs> yes, I'm a Phasma fan. Yeah, <laughs> Phasma fans. Yeah, we got to start using that. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, um, nothing really. I mean, that's probably why I wouldn't be good at a Comic-Con <laughs> at San Diego Comic-Con, because I just want to see the Star Wars thing and the, uh, the Batman v Superman thing, and I'd be done for the whole... The whole Comic Con experience. <laughs> yeah, you so, just need to go one day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, besides those two, mm, nothing really. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I can't call <laughs> anything right now. So well, yeah, I just know, those two things. I know Alex mentioned in the past email that he's a fan of the Ninja Turtle comics, so I'm curious to see what he thinks of the Batman Turtles crossover. So let me know in the next email, Alex. <laughs> Uh, but the second question is what other video game and comic, comic book moments shocked you on a similar level to the Joker sequence at the end of Arkham Knight well comic book wise two of them that always come to mind are, are Joker related too and I've said this before the Oberon Sexton reveal as Joker and Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin that blew me away and then just recently the end of the first issue of Endgame where it's revealed that the Justice League is being controlled by the Joker. That took me by shock and surprise, and I literally dropped my comic <laughs> from my hands when I read that. So those are my two comic ones. And for video games? Hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's definitely up there. But see, the thing is, I got spoiled on that before I played it. Oh, you did? So I yeah. would imagine if I played it firsthand and experienced it that way, it would have been a big shock. Mm-hmm. 
I will say I'll go to Final Fantasy VII. Spoiler alert for those who plan on playing it 20 years later. <laughs> but when uh, the main one of the main female characters, Eris, dies, she was like a big story character and like your main healer in your party. So when you lost her in the end of the first disc in a cool cutscene, it was like a real shocking moment. <laughs> and I know there's fans who say or try to have conspiracy theories of, oh, there's a cove where you can bring her back to life and she can be in your party again. But I don't think that's ever panned out. So that was a pretty shocking moment. This as far as like a story shocker. But as far as gameplay, I think one of my favorite end sequences would have to be from Mass Effect 2, where you uh, go in the Omega Relay and your assault against the collectors. And depending on how you did your side missions, your characters in your party can either live or die. So you have to make sure you've done all you can in their side quests. Otherwise, you never know when they might die and then they're gone for the rest of the game and even in mass effect 3 if you use that save so that was a cool final ending sequence i would say too uh for me uh comic book moments i'd have to say the end of no man's land where uh commissioner gordon shoots um joker in the spine that's a good one yeah and uh sarah dies um yeah, so I'll just say that um, for video games, uh, I'd have to say the end of uh, Red Dead Redemption. I don't well, know if that's you're a real that. good one. That's a good. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I, di- I didn't expect you to die, uh, or the the main character uh, was was it uh, John Marston? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect him to die, and then it flash it flashes forward in time, and you play as his son. Yeah, didn't expect that. Yeah, um, I was bummed out after that game after I beat it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, but he's dead, <laughs> and I'm playing as his son. But um, you got to get revenge though. Yeah, even though it's not uh, a Jedi trade, but it still felt good. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, even though I died the first time when I went up against the guy who killed John Martin, like, Duh. <laughs> sorry, Dad, I failed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I hate it when you have like one of those revenge kind of things and then you die. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I guess I'm not a good revenger or whatever. <laughs> um, hmm, what else? Uh, the very first Mario game where you finally save the princess. <laughs> After many levels oh, of saving your princess. Is that, that, that brings up a good point. Uh, Braid. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that the princess was actually trying to run away from you. Yeah. <laughs> and the the knight that's supposed to you know be your nemesis is trying to protect her. And she's setting up all these traps that you have to get through. You have to fast forward times, a reverse time, you know, do all these kind of things to solve these puzzles. So, yeah, yeah that one. That one was uh, like, wow, I, I just didn't expect that. Yeah, it's kind of like... After you be like, okay, what does happen? Like, what's the story? <laughs> I'm the yeah, and it's it's one of those games where you you look online for theories, and then of course there's this that whole thing about the the uh, first test of the atom bomb. Yep. You know how? Like that's actually the princess I, or something like that. Is, yeah, she's, like the she's the bomb. <laughs> yeah, the princess is the bomb or something, and you, you're trying to find out how to make the bomb. Like she knows she's gonna use for destructive purposes, so it's just yeah. So she's trying to run away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that 
that one blew my mind. I was like, wow. I mean, I thought this was just like a Mario thing yeah. where, you know, you just jump and kill the, uh, uh, what are those mushroom things called? Goombas. Yeah, Goombas and turtles and the flying turtles that are really hard to kill. Because yeah. <laughs> you always jump into them somehow. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a regular Mario style game. And, you know, just to find out that it's not that it's like you're not trying to save the princess or you are trying to save the princess, but you she's trying to run away from you. It's I just thought that was like, her. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing about the atom bomb and its creation. and Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- thanks. Thanks, Alex, for your email. It's always great reading your emails. And, you know, we love you. Right, Tim? Of course. Especially yes. with your awesome questions. <laughs> uh, but now we can move on to uh, Mike's email. And don't worry, Tim. I'll let you know when the spoilers come up. Okay. Uh, this is going to have the 100% ending uh, spoiler for uh, Arkham Knight. So if you haven't beaten... Um, if you haven't beaten it 100%, uh, I'll let you know which parts to skip. So, uh, that includes you, me. <laughs> yeah, that includes you. All right, so uh, Mike says, hey, guys. Wow, what a massive month it's been. It's like Christmas in July for bad fans. First off, I thought I would go into the Comic-Con stuff. Man, that trailer was something else. It, it showed a little bit of the story and then threw in some fin- fantastic imagery. Batman looked so good. And it was also great to see Wonder Woman in action. While she didn't say anything, and they only gave us a quick glance, but I was impressed. With the Batman Bruce, I am assuming that being that he says he was in Gotham for 20 years, that they are saying he's 42 through 45. And I think they are going to have him be super angry, but it takes Superman to get him to lighten up a bit. Or maybe that's what Wonder Woman will do. I was wondering why they always show Batman looking so chunky, especially on the e- <laughs> the, the uh, Entertainment Weekly cover. Maybe a uh, homage to the Dark Knight Returns. Seems odd since all of the video is showing the bat suits at Comic Con make him look so, so tall and ripped. The Suicide Squad trailer was sweet, uh, dark, but very cool. I must admit, I did watch the fan cam on YouTube, but was happy that they released it officially. I know they want to give people at Comic-Con something exclusive, but there is about 0% chance of me going to Comic-Con. See right there, Tim. Yeah, proves your point. <laughs> yeah. Of me going to Comic-Con. And if somehow I did, I would hate to waste the time in line uh, so restricting. In a line so restricting, it... For people outside, so restricting for people outside, it's a little unfair in my opinion. I'd be okay if they said it would take a day to a week uh, for the rest of the world, but not ban it like they did with the Batman vs. Superman trailer trailer last year. Anyway, back to the trailer. I thought it was great and can't wait to see it, but I was more intrigued about seeing Harley and Joker's performance than anything else. I will say that this, in my opinion, is going to be a fantastic, is going to be fantastic and will blow people away. And if after watching these trailers, people are still complaining about anything 
then they should be banned from ever seeing these movies because <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing but awesomeness in them. The thing I took most out of Comic-Con was the panel for BBS and Suicide Squad. At first, I think they were a little daunted by the crowd, but once they warmed up, they talked and showed a level of pride for what they were making that I felt we are in good hands for these movies and seriously doubt we will be disappointed. I thought the news that Ben Affleck was directing the Batman was no surprise, but the news himself and Jeff Johns will be writing it was an interesting piece of info. Hopefully he takes more of the Batman Earth 1 vibe into his writing and not so much New 52. That would be nice. Yes, I would agree with that. (laughs) I have to say that after 26 years, I still find it amazing that Batman in 89 can pull on my heartstrings so much that seeing an image of the Batsuit and Batmobile coming as DLC to Arkham Knight got my blood pumping. Without having a second thought, sealed the deal on me getting the season pass, (laughs) any other skin pack, and... Even the Batgirl story pack had me sitting on the fence, but this was a no-brainer for me. I still got to play that, actually. I just downloaded it, but I wanted to get all the main side quests done first. Yeah. Then I'm going to go into the Harley story pack and then the Batgirl one. Apparently, it's not getting very good reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard it's really short, but I haven't read too much as far as like the story aspect and the gameplay stuff. Mm. I kind of want to experience that firsthand. So. Well, he says... Okay, on to Arkham Knight. And full warning, this will contain spoilers that were brought up in last episode and at the end. And at the end, I will discuss the 100% ending, so skip this part if you don't want to know anything. Starting this game, I figured that, that there would be no Joker at all. And I was really shocked that he came back as a mental intruder. Loved it since it ties into the previous game so well, and I seem like... And it seemed like such a Joker thing. Not sure how he was able to come up with the talent to make a personality transferring process via blood transfusion, transfusion, but who cares? It's comic rules. Also, this has to be one of the best Mark Hamill Joker uh, Jokers ever. He really steals the show. The part where Barbara shoots herself was devastating, but also a brilliant use of the Joker's personality. Because I was glad I didn't actually see the deed. Uh, being demonstrated by a Joker was enough to shock me. The part where you go up against Joker, Johnny Charisma, and you watch Joker saying, I was mesmerized. <laughs> I didn't realize that if you watch the whole thing, he killed you. I just sat back and enjoyed it. <laughs> the reveal of Arkham Knight was perfectly fine with me. While playing, I was wondering who it would be and even discussed it with my friend when it showed that it when it showed that it was Jason Todd, I thought that it ties into the story so well that if it had been anyone else, it would have felt completely forced. Like if Hush or a reincarnated Rish was Knight, it wouldn't have sat, sat well with me. Also, if they went with a new character, it would have felt like nothing like nothing, since there was there is no emotional connection and they would have had to introduce a secret identity somehow. Uh, so the reveal would have been more worth it. I felt that the writers took two of my favorite animated movies, Under the Red Hood and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Yes, Under the Red Hood is from the comics, but I wasn't reading the books at that time, so I didn't know. And the movie's better anyway, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> so taking out the the Rache Lazarus pit part, because that didn't really work for me, and adding the kidnap torture for Return of the Joker made for the perfect story. I know a lot of fans didn't like this obvious identity but if you think about it 
probably probably less than 50% of players would know the stories from the comics or movies. So bringing this great combination to to more people is nothing but a win in my opinion. That's and a good I, point. Just real quick to say that, yeah, for diehard comic book fans, like I complained about in the last episode, I was disappointed with Jason Todd. But for casual gamers, and you know, there's a lot of gamers who just play this game because it's a good game and not necessarily hardcore Batman fans. Yeah. So maybe it was a pretty cool twist for them, not expecting it to be a former Robin who was supposedly killed by the Joker. So good point on there, Mike. Yeah. And not having a full-on boss battle with him really added to the emotional story that they were portraying. I was sort of hoping that Jason would save Batman in time before his identity was revealed and redeem himself, but alas, it didn't. I think that this has to be the best rendition of Scarecrow ever, and hope this is taken into the movie somehow. He was insanely freaky. I loved how they set the end up with him back at the asylum, and the vibe they created was extremely spooky. I loved how they went into Bruce's head while he was overdosed on Scarecrow Toxin, and this was how he, he overcame the Joker. Reminded me of some animated episodes, but also reminded me of the King Joker episode from Brave and the Bold. Yep. <laughs> uh, that episode's so awesome. <laughs> it was very cool how Batman changed the environments and started to freak Joker out. I thought the Joker shooting part was incredibly fun and hope this is some kind of DLC. When I think when I think Riddler takes the hostage and, and says, you wouldn't shoot, I was like, Joker would totally shoot through the hostage and blew them both away. Uh. <laughs> so I guess Mike just blew them away. <laughs> I always love to hear Kevin Conroy's Batman speech, but I think this would have been one of the best Batman moments ever. Remember... Uh, remembered as fondly as when first spoken in the animated st- series, if not for the fact that in every Q and A he has done for the last twenty years, he just <laughs> Sort of took the shine off a little. My only real complaints about this game are two things. First is the fights, either in the tank or when taking towers or checkpoints. They are either so ridiculous, ridiculously easy or so frustratingly hard. Yeah, especially the tank fights, man, because. I don't know about you, Tim, but I had to do them a couple of times. See, I was the... like, especially that last part where um, uh, Ivy is helping you. Mm-hmm. See, those ones weren't too bad for me. It was the more of the stealth ones where I usually get myself in trouble and re- die and play a lot. Yeah, you see, the stealth ones were a little easier for me. <laughs> I don't know if that says anything, but um, we're just opposite in our skills, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There was no in between this game. Uh, th- there was no in-between. This game had me going mental at some points, and I had to give up before throwing the controller in annoyance. Secondly is the lack of decent boss fights. Arkham Origins had fantastic boss fights that tied perfectly with the story. And it was great getting gu- bad guys like Firefly and Two-Face again, but they go down so easy. How great would it have been if the challenge with Man, uh, man Bad was to grapple his legs and hang on and dodge stuff until you could take him down instead of just gliding at him? Yeah. These are, these are only minor nitpicks. They're good he, points, though. <laughs> yeah. Then he goes on to say, okay, on to the 100% ending and last spoiler warning, Tim. So. Okay, so shoot me a quick Skype message when oh, I can put my headphones back on. Okay, I will. All okay. right, so. I'm taking them uh, Okay. So Mike says, so after beating Riddler and being exposed as Bruce, Batman tells Alfred to prepare for Protocol Nightfall. He heads to the roof of GCPD, and there he takes off the cowl and calls the Batwing, which is the Batmobile in tow. If 
it, it then goes into a scene outside of Wayne Manor where a ton of media are outside the gate and Batman lands inside the grounds. He then walks to the house and Alfred asks, are you sure you want to go ahead with this? To which Bruce replies, I've got to. It's the only way to protect them. Then as the media watch the door close, the manor explodes and goes up in flames. It then goes into a video with Jim doing a monologue about Batman's war on crime and his sacrifice. He gets a message from Tim about not forgetting the ring. I guess he's on his way to Tim's and Barbara's wedding. Goes on about how when Batman died, they could begin their lives anew. I guess their secrets were, were kept hidden. He speaks of the inquest into who killed Bruce Wayne and it getting no answer even with a lot of suspects. Then while the video follows a rich couple and their kid go into an alley, must be fairly common in Gotham, Jim goes on about how criminals are a cowardly and suspicious lot. But what happens when they're, they have nothing to fear? Some thugs follow the couple into the alley and proceed to rob them, but no one turns around and sees what looks like Batman. And they start to yell at him about, haven't he heard Batman is dead? When suddenly the Batman figure starts to rise up with the gas, this gas type cloud under him, and he explodes, explodes into this fiery nightmare bat shape. And as the extreme, it comes at the screen and it goes black. Roll credits. This left me feeling that this was awesome, but also confused as to what it meant. Was Batman back using back, but using the fear gas? Had it? Has it given him powers? Was it someone else? When you get back to the main menu, it gives you promo art for the Nightmare Batman with the slogan, Is it real? Hopefully this gets answered like with the announcement of a new game, but not called Arkham Knight. Arkham something, because they did say this is their last Arkham game, but I haven't heard any reports saying last Batman game. Hopefully this is, this is not answered in the DLC season pass, even though... I have now bought it. It would be extremely insulting to make people uh, buy it just to get the, to the full ending. Anyway, strongly suggest getting all Riddler trophies. Or if you don't have the time or patience, then jump on YouTube and check it out and see what you think. Wow, big email this time. Yeah, you're right, Mike. This is a big email. My throat is dry. Uh, but good to talk to you guys about uh, some things I haven't hanging to discuss well thank you mike uh thank you for the email uh like like we say uh for every email it's always great receiving an email from you and uh like we tell alex we love you so thanks uh but now we can move on to um our comic book review so thanks for your emails guys it's always appreciated we always like reading it right tim as always uh, so for this episode, we're doing Batman number 42 and Justice League number 42. Um, what's our rating scale then? Um, how about leaked trailers or trailers shown at Comic-Con that got leaked? <laughs> how about uh, sad Pixar movies? Sad Pixar movies? <laughs> Either one. Okay. Sad Pixar movies that get leaked at Comic-Con. <laughs> <or something>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a combination. Okay. And did we get a spoiler warning? Or if not, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If okay. you haven't read your books yet, if you haven't read Batman number forty-two or just League number forty-two, you're probably gonna want to skip this part um, and come back to it when you've read your books. 
Okay, now we're good to go. <laughs> so Batman number 42. Um, I said before, um, for Batman 41, I wasn't the biggest fan of where this new status quo of Gordon as Batman and the whole feel of it. So right at the gate, I will say I enjoy this issue a lot better. Um, I like the way it starts off on the very first page. You got these two kids playing with their Batman toys. One has the classic Batman, one has the new uh, robot bunny Batman. <laughs> and they're kind of arguing, like saying, no, this is the real Batman, and yours will never be the real one. Or like, your Batman's dead. This is the new Batman. Like, get used to it. So it was almost kind of like what the fans are saying. <laughs> I'm sure there's been plenty of debates about that amongst Batman fans. So that was cool. Then we get... Gordon doing some target practice with the battering because um, he's used to firing guns, so <laughs> he needs to practice with his battering. And I think what I like most about this issue more than the first one, which is how Snyder has written Gordon here as uh, taken on the role of Batman. Um, it just felt more like classic Snyder to me than the last issue did. And he has some great dialogue here when uh, Julia comes in to check on him. And he's all saying how, like, uh, I just came up here to clean up and shave. You know, my mustache grows back every three minutes. It's like my own superpower. And I need to practice my uh, aim because Batman doesn't carry a gun. And then she's all like, how are you doing? And he goes, oh, with the smoking? And then we get this panel of him lifting up his arm. You see, like, a bunch of nicotine patches on his arm with, like, bat logos on there. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of like the attitude Gordon has here with, you know, he's still not comfortable yet being the new Batman. But he's... The, I just like the attitude he has in there, kind of still trying to be positive and just kind of, I guess, have some fun with it, too, even though, you know, it's very, very stressful. And they were joking about him, like, I'm not Batman. I don't even have a Batmobile yet. And he's all, well, speaking of that, like, come check this out. And then we get this page with this big old, almost looks like a train. I mean, they call it the Bat Truck, but it looks like a train. It's a massive, long Batmobile. And, yeah, I can't say it's the best-looking version of a Batmobile was seen, but it's definitely different and I guess fits this robot version of Batman. So it finds out they get a, there's a Batman app that uh, the department that's in charge of this new uh, Batsuit, they created a Batman app for people to use for whenever they're in trouble. They can use it and they can respond to it quicker than you would by calling 911 and then Gordon as Batman can go in there for the like real main threat. So one gets uh, sent out and then they have to go to the Narrows and there's this big like almost looks like Clayface I thought where as Gordon goes down to the city a big arm grabs him and just slams him on the floor and oh it's Clayface but it's actually just one of the uh, Chinese gangs one of the triads someone who has superpowers and they call themselves like the devil pigs and he has these two horns on there which look kind of funny but he's usually just a gang member but now he has powers so Gordon's trying to figure out, okay, like, what's going on? And the, visually, it was a pretty cool fight sequence. Like I said, it was like Clayface, but this person was able to control, like, uh, dirt, like, bricks, uh, different materials, like stone, tar, so all these different type of things that he would use to go against Gordon. There was this really cool panel where he forms, like, a gigantic bat monster against all, like, these bricks and debris and stuff. But visually, it looked cool. And then after that, we get a flashback sequence of uh, Maggie Sawyer as commissioner telling... Uh, Gordon as Batman um, in his stealth suit, not in the full mech suit, which is a still cool looking suit, I got to say, about these different like gang members who have been given this um, like organic seed that they had planted in them where they get, like, gives them powers and they're being distributed by um, or being given to some of Gordon's old like uh, gang members, gang leaders who he busted and put away. So it seems like someone is doing spe- this specifically for Gordon. And we're kind of basically, this was the, 
explanation of the guy Gordon was going up against. So it was a flashback sequence, but it didn't really make that clear in the comics. I was wondering, okay, Gordon's investigating this dead body, and he says like, he was dead when I got here. Or, or And I was like, okay, was that the guy who was just fighting? What exactly happened? But it ended up being a flashback sequence because the person Gordon was fighting was embedded was one of these seeds, and this is how he has his power. And it's like starting to finally set up who the main bad guy in this arc is going to be because uh, this person... Uh, this criminal here with the powers and his robot or not robot, but his debris filled Batman monster takes Gordon and just flings him into the water and just crushing him in the ocean. And so the only way Gordon was able to get out was he calls on his bat truck to come and smash the big bat monster and, and at the same time damaging his truck. So it didn't last that long, but um, the villain tells him that the person who's like doing this whole thing with this seed, his name is Mr. Bloom. And like, guess he still has a vendetta against gordon like he says he's been giving this to some of gordon's old like uh gang members that he's put away so we'll find out who exactly mr bloom is later on but as of right now the threat of this uh devil pig has been taken care of and then it goes back to gordon and julia talking about everything that's happened and then uh gordon kind of figuring out that julia knew who batman was he didn't he didn't figure out that he's alfred's daughter but knows that she had and she worked with Batman before and kind of saying, like, how am I doing? <laughs> like, of course, kind of gives him a pep talk so that you're doing the best you can and that type of stuff. But the big thing happens at the end where it looks like, I don't know where it's at. It looks like it's a school, but it's like for kids. Could you see kids together? Some are playing pool, it's like a rec room type area. But at the yeah, same it's like time, a YMCA or something. Maybe, yeah. Because you see them together and you see, like I said at the beginning, these two kids playing with their Batman toys, arguing. And then one of them goes, uh, you know the real Batman, right, Duke? And it's, of course, Duke Thomas, who we learned from Zero Year and had a part in Endgame. And um, he says, yep, sure, like I knew everything. And he goes, right, Mr. Wayne? And then we see Bruce carrying like some bottles of water, putting them on the table. And he's all like, please, just keep calling me Bruce. Don't call me Mr. Wayne, like being real cheerful. And then um, he ends up, uh, looks like Julie Madison is working here because he goes, uh, I guess, working together at this uh, place with these kids and because they have them talking and Bruce asking, okay, like, what do I need to do next? And he's all like, oh, you're here early. Like, what are you doing on? And like, you know, it's got to get stuff done <laughs> that needs to be done here in this area. So Bruce walks into this closet, he opens the door and he's all like, who are you? What are you doing here? And then it ends up being Gordon and he just goes, it's simple. I'm Batman and we need to talk. So <laughs> it was like setting up, it's cool that we finally, I'm glad they didn't beat around the bush knowing that Bruce is alive. I like that aspect of it, but there's still plenty of mystery going on. Okay. What's his relationship with Gordon now? Like, how does he feel about him being Batman? And of course he knows what's going on. It's Bruce Wayne. I mean, come on, but what does Gordon know? And like, like I said, what's the status of the relationship now? So I just really can't wait to find out in issue 43, what, how Bruce is going to be involved and what he thinks of this whole thing going on. So I really like this issue. Still not completely sold on this premise, but this one did a better job of telling a better story. And I just think Scott Snyder wrote the characters better, in particular Gordon in this one. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one three and a half out of five Pixar, sad Pixar movies slash trailers that got leaked from Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was definitely better than that first one. Um, but still, I don't know, I kind of get the feeling that this is like a villain of the week kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been the case with the two issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, 
I think he's moving on from that. I think we're finally going to get, you know, a solid, good villain from yeah. uh, Scott Snyder. It's not going to be like, oh, it's another gang leader that got this seed thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I really like that last scene. Uh, you forgot to mention Julie Madison. I thought I said her. Maybe I forgot to say her name, but uh, <laughs> I just probably mentioned Bruce is talking to a woman. But it, but it seems like he's starting over, starting his life over. Yeah, as just a guy. Like she so, was the, like one of his. Of course, we know she was the first love interest in the previous continuity in the early early yeah. Batman story. But even in Zero Year, they kind of satisfied that. That was almost like his first relationship that he had. Yeah, so I'm liking that. Um, and, and yeah, I like that last part. Um, so yeah, I pretty much agree with you. So I'm going to give this through three out of five, uh, sad Pixar movies that got leaked at Comic-Con. <laughs> nice. So I'd like to just a half a bit more than you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Justice League number 42. And I know we haven't been talking about Justice League for a while, but Batman's played a pretty big role in this issue that, or at least I knew he was going into it. So I wanted to talk about it. I just read it today. I've actually read both comics today took me forever to get to my comic book store (laughs) so i was only able to read these two but i've enjoyed the first part of dark side war and this one i I liked a lot really i mean a lot of it's still setting up for the eventual big conflict that's going to happen but man i don't know if it's just the art and just the dialogue jeff johns is writing here but that i love the opening sequence with dark side and you got steppenwolf and desaad talking about preparing for war and what they should use and what how dark side wants to get Superman and like he wants to do it his own way. This really set the tension right. And this the artwork is just beautiful on this one. Jason Fabok does an awesome job drawing Apocalypse. I mean, I just love how he drew Darkseid and just he basically makes it look like you're I mean Apocalypse is described as like a hell as a planet and you definitely get that feel in this first part of the story. And so then he cuts back to the Justice League being confronted by uh the anti monitor who's now I believe it's being called like the anti-god <laughs> since he inherited some of that power and uh dark side's daughter who was setting up this whole conflict because they basically want to take down dark side that's the whole goal of all this dark side's daughter wants to take him down and she's using the anti-monitor and before they have a big fight with wonder woman and who's left of the justice league metron comes and interferes and transports them into the eternal rock which the Cat or Shazam is familiar with, obviously. But then we get a portion with uh, Mr. Miracle, who's been uh, taken from uh, by Marina Black, who in the first part of the story uh, was being hunted down by uh, Darkseid's men, Kanto and Lashina, I believe it was. One of the Furies. I don't remember exactly who it was. I think it was her. But she starts telling him, again, more set up what her plan is, where she knew all along she was an Amazon and how they were here to protect the world from being destroyed by the new gods and that of course the one who would do that would be dark side and she pretty much created a plan to do it all along and the way to do that was to use his own daughter against her so she purposely you know got with dark side she had a kid with them knowing that what her own goal was going to be in order to start the dark side war and take out her father she knew that would be the ultimate weapon to use would be dark side's daughter and her I think she's calling her grail is what her name is but she realizes that Mr. Miracle isn't going to go along with that. He doesn't want to start a war. He wants to prevent Darkseid from ever getting here. But So she stabs him in the side almost next to his mother box, but he uses it to boom out of there. But we don't know where exactly he goes. But then we get uh, back to the Eternal or 
the uh, see everybody got the, the eternal rock yes <laughs> uh where metron has transported them so uh they're all there and they're kind of going oh, what's going on and the metron said he knows stuff but green lantern is not really trusting him and i don't know why i, I said the eternal rock but <laughs> right now it's coming to me. i don't think that's right i'm probably butchering the name but I'm trying to look through the issue as actually where they actually went. But I know comic <laughs> fans are going, Tim, like, how can you pr- pronounce it wrong? <laughs> but, yeah, I know. So you lose all credibility, right? I know. <laughs> oh, The Rock of Eternity. I think that's it. I believe that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bugging me till I find out. But there it is. Yes, The Rock of Eternity, not the eternal rock. Okay. I can feel better about moving on. <laughs> But I like how Green Lantern's not trusting Metron because if you read the uh, the the New Gods War that the Green Lanterns had in the previous story arc in the Green Lantern titles, it's still carrying over to this. So I like that. But they need answers, so Wonder Woman uses the Lasso of Truth to know, try to get Metron to talk. And I like how he's resisting it at first since he's a New God, but you pretty much can't resist the Lasso of Truth. No one can. So I like that aspect. But he goes like, I don't know the answers. It's the chairs. So He's all, how's like, so how's the best way for us to get answers to our questions? He's all, take me from the chair. And he's so resistant to do that because he knows he needs that chair. But she yanks him off there. Like a bunch of energy is coming out. And they go like, the chair is going to boom to him out of here if no one sits on it. So we have to get on it. And then, of course, Batman's the one who does it. He goes, I've got it. He sits on it and some massive energy starts coming out of him and he's screaming and yelling and he's getting glimpses of everything that's going on with Apocalypse and Darkseid's daughter. And he's all saying, like, I can hear the answers. I know the answers to everything. And I like how he kind of uses it for himself, too. He's all like, who killed my parents? Yes, it's Joe Chill. That's right. What's the Joker's real name? And you just hear him say, no, that's not possible. And everyone's going, is he okay? This thing's messing with his head. Like, we got to get him out of here. And then Batman's all, or uh, Wonder Woman says, like, Batman, are you okay? And he goes, of course, Diana. I'm a god now. And then you just get this awesome panel of Batman sitting on uh, the Omega chair and just looks really, really cool. So big stuff going on for Batman in here. We'll see how long he lasts uh, on the chair and how long he'll act as a new god. I have it's obvious it's not long because this is one of my problems with what's going on. We have this story and we know what happens with the Batman <laughs> title going on where he's not Batman anymore. So we know it's not going to last. So that's probably a complaint you can give to the story arc where we kind of know that there's going to be no consequences so far anyway and it's looking like with Batman in this new uh, I guess you can call it a new status quo for him him being on the Omega chair so it was cool to see nonetheless though but we know that it's he's going to go back to normal because he still has to go through Endgame so I really like the way the story setting up for Dark Side War it's, I'm definitely intrigued and looking forward to see how it all wraps up and it's just good to have these group and the status quo of the DC universe again. I mean, with Batman the way he is, you got Hal Jordan there as Green Lantern. Superman, while he's stuck on Apocalypse, he's there with Lex. So a lot of cool stuff going on with this one. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a four out of five sad Pixar movies that its trailers got leaked at Comic-Con. So really solid. I like it a lot. All right. So I guess that's it, Tim. That's it. Hey, we came to another long episode. <laughs> there was oh, a lot no, of cool no. stuff to talk about, man. <laughs> yeah, there was. There was. We, we actually have news for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, um, God. <laughs> so, yeah, just go over to BatmanUniverse.net on Facebook at Facebook.com, search Batman Universe on Twitter. Twitter handles at Batman Universe. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show's Twitter handles at BatFans27. 
Tim's Twitter handle is at Tim G, Tim G. 311. There you go. I was going to hope, hoping you remembered how you said it on our last one. <laughs> and or at Tim G. 311. Okay, yeah, I'd add that. <laughs> Mine is that Dane says banana. And uh, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes because, you know, we always like reading those uh, because it shows that people actually care. Um, and it also shows that you care if you send in an email. You can email us at badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it, right, Tim? And just our Twitter page. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah, I did already. Okay. At Batfans27 for all you people out there. Shows I'm paying attention, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, rate and review us on iTunes and send us an email if you can. Uh, as a plane goes flying <laughs> past. <laughs> maybe it's just Superman. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just Superman breaking the sound barrier. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That's it from us. So like we say at the end of our podcast, we love you. Oh, we love you. We love you. If you're ever feeling alone in this world, just remember Tim and Dane care about you and love you, right, Tim? We love you greatly. <laughs> All right, see you guys.